Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I don't like blood and guts But I love them when they're lengthily discussed Them doggies rolling, 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 gorly and rust. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them chuckies rolling. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Matt. I'm the the rust, and you're the gorly. That's right. We're not here to tell you otherwise. Yeah. This is with Gorly and Rust, the podcast that's easy listening. It's at length. Mm-hmm. It's a cozy cast about mm-hmm. horror films and various thrillers galore. Uh huh. Gore. <laughs> Galore, galore, like uh, in Inconvenient Truth by Al Gagor. Yes, and he supposedly invented the gig internet. Mm-hmm. I think that's how the that gig, works. The right? internet search, the uh, <laughs> the famous non-brand internet search. Yeah. So, uh, just I think the main thing we were focusing on with all these child play movies is. What forms of do they go and search for information? Is it microfilm? <laughs> Is it the internet search? Is in, it microfilm via the internet search? <laughs> Is it Google, which yeah. it was previous to this? And now I didn't see in, in this child's play, parentheses, open parentheses, 2019, close parentheses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think I saw one. Computerized search. Was it all smart search by audio? Was there even one of those? Hmm. I mean, I definitely saw technology for sure in this. Yeah. I just, uh, and who knows, maybe Chucky, the, 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 the buddy doll has its own sort of buddy search. Oh, I'm sure it does. What we're talking here with buddy is, is the cinematic, uh, versions of, of Alexa and Siri, obviously, yeah. but yes. thinking of them, we've got buddy. Jexy, Kimmy, can you think of any other fake oh, yes. smart hub personas? Walk me through what those oh, other two are from. Her. There, so there's yes. her. Yep. There's Kimmy, which is by the, the Soderbergh movie, Kimmy, which came out in the pandemic, which I actually oh. liked. 
a fair bit. Oh. Kind of a paranoid thriller yeah, throwback. Yeah, check that out. Um, and then there's Jexy, that comedy. Oh, yes. That I think, I could be wrong, I think might have been voiced by Aubrey Plaza in a weird connection to huh. this. I could be wrong. Was it, Jexy a more body her? Yeah, it was kind of a, a sort of... Yeah, bullying. I believe I didn't see it. It's it was a comedy. I didn't. It it was a kind of straight to video. I think. Yeah, and uh, what was the, the, anything really pre her that was kind of there the must Alexa version of a there must uh, be. I mean, uh, I guess Hal from two thousand one. Right. Oh, that's big. Yeah, Hal the the ultimate her <laughs> Hal's and hers yeah if you take the letters of Hal H-A-L and you keep the H <laughs> and then, stay with him here stay with him and then for A uh-huh. you take the next vowel in okay, the alphabet I still don't know where you're going but e. I'm with you okay oh my god <gasps> mind blown gif post uh, <laughs> and then uh, if you take the letter L and change it to R. Uh, it spells her. Oh my God. Are uh, you Q? <laughs> I'm R. <laughs> I'm one letter. Uh, and Rust for Rust. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, we're, we're kind of dancing around and we're talking about Child's Play 2019. That's right. What did you, I, you know, you said this, this, our podcast is easy listening. I think easy listening can mean, regardless of how we felt about the movie, it's more about the tone we bring interpersonally to each other. That's cozy. Cause Matt, this movie was a piece of shit. (laughs) I somehow always feel better about myself when, when you don't like a movie, cause it makes me feel less guilty about, you know, like the last two Chucky movies really were not my cup of tea. Yeah. Your cup of Chucky, my cup of Chuck chai. Chai chi. So I neither, I found things to like in this movie, but overall, yes, I, I would not have sought it out myself had it not been for this season, nor I think if I did see it, would I have really been a huge lover of it? Yeah. And to that point, Matt. Yeah. If you just saw this movie and it wasn't called Child's Play. Oh, right. And it was just... Oh. Robot doll. I'd think I was watching a Black Mirror episode. Huh. A, a subpar one, maybe even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but you, it's a, by, by the, by the time I was watching, hey, and there's lots to like in this, yeah. and I'll find stuff that yeah. I like a lot and, I, I liked and, it and okay. rhapsodize about that. But yeah. uh, near the end, it, it hit me the thing that hits me anytime I watch kind of like a subpar uh, remake, mm-hmm. which is like interesting. If this had been the movie or this level of quality had been the level of quality of a child's play movie that was released in 1988, there never would have been a franchise Mm. or even a remake now to even have one because people would have just been like, that was a crummy movie. Mm. The reason you're even getting to watch this remake is uh, because Tom Holland and uh, and uh, Universal and then David Kirshner, like yeah. all the filmmakers, really wanted to take this uh, Child's Play movie seriously in the first time mm-hmm. around the late eighties. Oh, right. But now 
it's just kind of this disposable thing. They don't care. It's just kind of like not, nobody's totally committed to right. doing the best killer doll movie here. So it's a, it, it so feels like a jobber out, movie is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. On all, on all. Films. Oh, it's so cynical. And from the, the using the title, the property and not really mm-hmm. honoring what that movie is, what the first one was cynical from top to bottom where it's like to the like post stranger things very much chapter one casting of like having this group of goonie-esque nostalgia especially oh god it's so funny the first child's play in 1988 You'd watch that and you wouldn't even think it's yeah. inspired by E.T., although if you would have stood back, you kind of go, oh, I could see the similarities. The way that this movie, <laughs> the remake, is so obsessive and worshipping of E.T. as opposed to Child's Play, the movie that, oh, God. You have an interesting point there. Yeah, this was like Stranger Things meets Of Mice and Men. <laughs> and so, so don't get me wrong. There's some, something in there that I like, but <laughs> who was the George and who was the Lenny well, here? The kid, the kid, Andy was George and, and Chucky was Lenny because in this yeah. version, Lenny's not inherently evil. He's only trying to please yeah. his friend. So that was a new element of child's play that I didn't hate completely. There was something about it. I liked it had nothing to do with the original. It really changes Chucky completely. Yes. It's polar opposite. Yes. But there was something more sympathetic about Chucky in this, even if the face of Chucky is probably next to Glenn, the least sympathetic <laughs> looking of all the dolls throughout the whole franchise, yes. maybe. Yeah. That face is uh, what do you, what's up with that? Huh? The new Chucky look and the voice, how the voice is not, very, even though Mark Hamill's doing a childlike attempt, it yeah. doesn't sound like a child. I'd be down to sympathize with that down version. Of that. Uh, uh, <laughs> DTS. I'd be DTS with that new Chucky <laughs> if uh, if he um, 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 was ultimately revealed to be human, yeah. to be right, alive. Right. 90 minutes of this movie roll out and at no point does Chucky become the physical form, like a living thing where you go, Ooh, my understanding of how I'm supposed to relate to this thing is changed. Like he just remains this like robot following directions. Just as a mid-level consumer AI thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gone haywire, which is like, um, I don't know. As far as like, you watch that first movie, the first Child's Play, and I I think you, you walk away from it not being like, ooh, there are evils to how rapidly these toys are um, advancing in technology. That's mm-hmm. not what the first Child's no. Play movie's its concerns are. Mm-mm. I'd say it's concern like. Cause that's, there's a consumerism bent to it, but exactly. but not, that's what it is. It, yeah. it is, um, consumerism is the kind of like evil that's sort of like out there or the thing that they're like satirizing. I'm like, Oh, that's of its time. It's still like, we're still living in that world. This is sort of like, this could come from like a 1920s fucking paperback pulp 
science fiction novel about a robot that listens to your orders and goes crazy. It's like, what's the new... I think yeah, if, if you're bringing in yeah. all this new technology stuff to make it now, then have a now understanding of what technology is. But I think they it, think they are because it's smart technology, and they think just merely by employing smart technology, they're commenting on the theme. But you're right; it's it's left empty or it's something. It's the same um, juice, just in a new uh, bottle. Yeah, they're just like pouring it into it. Yeah, this thing like it. It just felt like there was. Uh, they watched the first one and all the choices were like, what could be like the less scary choices? Like having Chucky never become alive, having these sort of disassociated where a woman is just in a car alone, spinning around without yeah. a driver yeah. that has nothing to even do with a doll. <laughs> It's just like, like uh, having it be about a kid who's not really alone. He has this community that he, of detectives and friendly goonie types who, who want to help him out. So he's never really isolated. Right. So that's not scary. Although then, they're making it seem like he is. Right, but he's not like he's got. It's fucking. He's Dennis the Menace. He's got like this whole neighborhood of people like making sure. And then the mom, uh, the relationship between a mother and a child, which would be the most interesting thing you could go to because uh, either you've been a parent or you've been a child and you have a relationship with your mom. It's maybe the strongest thing. This ends with a mother being hung by. Literally like a video game, a mom tied to a rope that's hanging from a ceiling. It's like level eight dash four of a video game where you're like, no, I got to get up here, jump up, cut the rope to get my mom. Oh my God. It's Uh so like, none of that is scary. No, no, you're right. I love this, Paul. Oh, I'm fired up. I love it. It's just, I think it's just the, the... I'm reacting cynically because I feel like it was an exorcism uh, or exercise in, in cynicism. Yeah, I think I, I think that's justified. I think that's exactly how we were with the zombie films. Is even though I felt they were all in earnest, there was such hardcore cynicism to them that it didn't even feel like it. It merited an understanding and its critique to me. Now, yeah. listeners may disagree. Some people may love this movie. I wasn't as. Uh, I was kind of middle of the road, but mm. I'll explain maybe why in a second. Sure. No, I want to hear it too. Well, general but... thoughts. And let, yes. first, let's cover some business. Oh, yes. We've got some exciting business, I think. Yes. First of all, you know, you you guys know this. We don't have to tell. You can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and get feature length commentaries, mailbag episodes, episodes, regular episodes a week early, no ads. Cozy tournaments, for instance. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, and if you subscribe at the baby xenomorph level, make sure you get your name read by emailing us at withgorleyandrust at yes. gmail.com. Today, we have Aaron Smith, who'd like his name read in Irvin Kirshner, <laughs> and Natalie Kinsey, who'd like her name read by Paul's great Tennessee Williams character of the ghost of Natalie Kinsey. <laughs> What's the name? The her name is Natalie Kinsey, but she would like <laughs> to say the, the ghost of Natalie Kinsey. Yeah. The, 
Oh, I'm just, let's all do it in true Tennessee Williams yes. character, says the title fashion. Uh, say the name again. Natalie Kinsey. Ooh, I'm just like the ghost of Angela Kinsey. Did I just say the name wrong? <laughs> you said the, the woman from The Office. <laughs> well, it's very hard to repeat words you just heard two seconds ago, Matt. To be fair, That's to be true. fair, take it easy, Natalie. Give this guy a break, we Natalie were... Kinsey. Yeah, I'm just like the ghost of Natalie Kinsey. What you're not seeing, listener, is the fanning. I was doing the, the I got the vapors fanning, the coy posture you took on delectable. Okay, so. We have now the announcement of our schedule for the upcoming next season and interim episodes, which I was already super excited about. Yes. Yep, yuppies and nightmares. Same. Um, Chucky for me has been a little bit of a slog, but hey, don't forget that for those first fivers, my I know, my man. I know. I'm just saying that I think that was a surprise. Yeah, how much? How I much? Think you that's true. Non sluggish. Yeah, were. it was just maybe a half for half, and because yeah. the back end has been a real yeah, and also coinciding with hectic things in the life of a new father well, in our know? lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, also, wouldn't you say maybe this is probably the, the arc? Of all franchises. Unfortunately. But usually they find the resurgence somewhere in there and something. This one was a real back end uh, uh, kind of dead end. Yeah. The biggest resurgence whiplash feeling that I remember most is in Alien going from yes, that's right. Alien Resurrection, which was pretty gutting, yeah, to Alien versus Predator that was like, holy shit, am I going to be dressing, am I going to be wearing Alien versus Predator shirts for the rest of my life? <laughs> he is. <laughs> to, to AVB2, be AVP2 just being yeah. complete... I mean, fully depressed yep. doldrums of, of movie watching. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but even highs that and lows. for me is a richer world mm. where everything hangs on Chucky himself because the rest of the world just doesn't right. matter as much for me. Right. We'll get into that. Yes, of course. Yes. My point is yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I'm doubly excited mm -hmm. for Yuppie mm -hmm. Nightmares mm -hmm. because of. Because of coming out of one that, for me, dragged a little, and I was already excited in the first place. So we're going to do eight episodes of Woo! Yuppie Nightmares. We're each going to pick four. We're going to yeah. do a little mini episode that will drop sometime <laughs> mid-September to tell you which eight oh films we're gosh. watching. We're going to watch them chronologically for, by their release dates. Mm. Because you had the brilliant observation that, mm, do you want to recap you. that? Why we're doing that? Oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah. That um, it, it like a franchise. It seems like they start kind of building up ideas one after the other. So smart. So, yeah. So, so if smart. you watch them after the other, you can be like, oh, this is definitely like do -do -do. yes, and that's like ding ding do. Uh, <laughs> so I guess what it'll be is you choose your four, I choose my four, and then chronologically we right. put them. I cool cool. I think that's right. So what we're looking at, because your mailbags and your commentaries come out on the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month, is we'll after this episode, we'll be on a little, just a little break. We'll be back with a mailbag episode on the 13th. Ooh. And maybe we'll say our episode 
mini episode listing of the Yuppie Nightmares on the 20th. Perfect. Then the series debuts on the Friday the 23rd. Ooh. Then 27th, you've got Cozy Tournament. Oh my God. That's for Patreon subscribers. All of this is for Patreon subscribers except the regular episodes. Correct. And except one week maybe early. The mini, mini thing. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We want we want we want fresh fresh juice for the for the trustees. <laughs> and so then we go. So since the second season starts on the twenty third, we'll do four episodes, take a week off, mm-hmm. do the other four episodes. And meanwhile, all the mailbags and commentaries are continuing through their righteous places. For instance, in October, you have Halloween five coming on uh, the. 25th of October, just in time for Halloween. Oh my gosh, to fire that up on October 25th sounds like the bees, knees, And then we'll wrap this up, I believe we said November 18th for this season. Is that right? It's something like that. And then we we take a break. We're back on December 23rd with episode one of our holiday season starting with Black Christmas. Yes! Then into New Year's Evil. Yeah. And then covering some of the earlier holidays that we can for instance uh my bloody valentine yeah leprechaun yeah April we might fools. scoop some leprechaun and april yeah. fools in there just because we'll it's in the general out. springy season as we get there so the point of all of this is there's no better time to be a patreon on with gorley and rust slash patreon.com slash with gorley and rust.com i didn't get right. that right don't follow that well <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I was gonna say uh, with the with the 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 um, yuppies and uh, peril yuppie nightmare movies. Um, uh, one, it's funny that they're not going to be a part of the cozy awards this year because next year it's going to be such a shocker when we're like, oh, yeah. oh my god! For next year's cozy awards, you're like, I've got Ann Archer's sweater. From Fatal Attraction now as a nominee, yeah. that's going to change everything. So it's good to bank those. You're for, right for future cozy Ann awards. Archer sweater. Imagine Ann Archer sweater versus <laughs> Pamela Voorhees' sweater. What are you going to oh, do? Oh my god! I mean, they'll both keep you warm at night. Or the beard on the dad in the hand that rocks the cradle <laughs> versus the beard uh, from uh, does the beard. Um, well, I saw a really bad beard and Blake Edwards switch last <laughs> night, but that's another point. That's another podcast Matt, that for you and me to do the films of Blake Edwards. Uh, oh, the other thing I was going to say about the the cozy movies when we do choose chronologically, me thinks we'll have to work chronologically by month within the year of 1992. Really? Is that peak yuppie <laughs> nightmare? I, well, a lot of the movies are 1992. Wow. And yeah. maybe not even month, but by week. Or, week. or what if they open the same weekend? Will, will we have to do like when production started? Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, at least they couldn't theoretically be stealing tropes from each other unless they had spies on spies. set. Spies, yeah, yeah. Eyes and ears on set. Yeah. Voyeur, voyeuristic oh eyes and ears, God. I imagine. Yeah. The eyes and ears of a consenting adult, perhaps. Oh, they sent some nanny with ulterior motives. <laughs> Now, with Child's Play 2019, yes. as I'm going it, yeah. uh, there no nannies to be seen. None, right? Yeah. yeah. He's kind of a latchkey kid. Yeah. And I guess Chuck, we're, let's, Chucky yeah, is let's the get nanny. back to it. Because uh, I believe that's all all our business. But yeah. hey, um, it brings uh, just me, you know, everybody loves a, 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 a schedule. 
and 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 knowing when you can count on something, right? Uh, so I'm just feeling good about that. Just being like, mm, yeah, I know what my next few months are. Oh, I do too. Everybody, um, there's there's no better podcasting than laying out a schedule. Uh, yeah, and I gotta say, when I saw in uh, um, when like us. That guy fell on the sawmill oh, yeah. in Child's Play 2019 and it chopped up his crotch and made it all bloody and then uh, a stump of a leg fell. That was a reshoot. It was? Yeah. Thanks to Brantley Palmer, our <gasps> researcher. Thank you for reading Brantley. As I did a uh, Brantley. Sorry. Don't worry about it. I got you covered. Oh God, you're the best. Uh, what I... And I saw the stump of the leg yeah. fall on the ground, mm-hmm. on the floor. I thought to myself... <sighs> I like gore is okay. I'm not, you know, that's all part of the horror movie experience, of course. But I was relieved that I'm not going to have to be looking at crotches falling on running saw blades and stumps yeah. of legs falling in these yuppies. And I, uh, I'm yuppie with you. It's movies. nice to take like a tonal shift through these things. Oh, yeah. Mentioning that, I was researching some yuppie nightmare movies, as, as I know you have been. Mm-hmm. And what we'll also do, and this is another benefit of being a Patreon, is we'll put up a post where you can sound in and suggest. We're not going to do Perfect. a vote for anything, but yeah. we would love your input because there are so many that we know we're going to miss some. So yeah. to be able to see you guys list, just use the like the collective power of us all to have all options up there from us to pick from. Is great. Was, would be great. And we yes. did say that we were kind of not looking to do variations on yuppie nightmares just because we're only going to do eight movies to start. Yeah. But we also, clearly there's room for a second season of this. Oh yeah. If those yeah. don't make the eight, there's, there's more yuppies who are having more right. nightmares later yeah. for all perpetuity. So um, no, yeah. no comedies per se. No, none that actually skew more towards action. We're looking for thrillers and, and in some sense, domestic thrillers, even if it doesn't necessarily take place at their home. Like I think dead calm might work even though it's not at their home, but it's about a married couple, right? Or something. Yeah. I think if the person is, um, because somebody was saying, Ooh, do they have to be dwelling in cities to be yuppie? And it's like, no, they just have to be, I think upscale. Yeah. So a lot of it, you know, is, um, Right. Which that's the question for like uh, Jennifer Lopez is enough because she's a working class person who kind of marries a more wealthy man. I think you could make a case for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not pushing for any of this. No, no. And I kind of poo-poo sleeping with the enemy, but I think that would also fit. But like, Why did you, I'm trying to to remember. Um, That it was like more about, that to me seemed more like a... um, Woman in peril ah, thriller rather than she has this comfortable yuppie. She does yeah. have the benefits of that, but I don't see her as like, I see her as somebody's kind of in the grips of both yuppiedom and a mm. crazy person. Not necessarily like, I love my yuppie lifestyle to begin with and what the fuck is happening? But, uh, but Hey, I love sleeping with the enemy yeah. and I want to talk about it. So I let's I mean, go for it's it. It's a strong yeah, yeah, Of course. And yeah. if you choose it, buddy, I'm all for it. Okay, uh, 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 but yeah, you know. Just for up- Patrick Bergen's mustache alone. I'm just <laughs> the saying. other mustache or the yeah, other facial yeah, hair. Yeah. Um, strong facial hair. Uh, I, yes. Upwardly mobile, 
people yeah. whose lives are fucked with yes. by an outside force. Right. And and usually involving some domestic situation, yes. meaning a relationship. Yes. Or uh, family. Yeah, family, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Love it. I, I just, also, it's going to be. Well, we're starting this on the 23rd of September. Fall starts on the 22nd. That is the beginning of <laughs> fall. We're going to be drinking pumpkin spiders and watching oh, Cosmo. I'm going to be wearing my uh, Alvin like uh, from the Chipmunks <laughs> turtleneck that All goes, the way down. That goes from Please. the top of my chin, un, right underneath my chin, the proto All the way down it. to my toes. Yeah. You don't even see my toes in true Alvin and the oh. Chipmunks. No, I think he has sneakers. Proto slanket. Oh God! Just with child's play of Alvin and the Chipmunks. If there was like a child's play version of Alvin and the Chipmunks, oh, where right, the three of them, yeah, like Dave. It's Dave's nightmare where he invited in these three chipmunks that he thought were going to oh. make him like rich and successful in the music industry, but instead they like turn on him. But uh, just a side note about the Chipmunks. I know Glenn's probably too young um, to watch. Alvin and not and Chucky's Glenn, my daughter Glenn. <laughs> right, yes, no, your daughter Glenn. Not entirely dissimilar. No, well... Uh, Actually, no, Glenn's more similar to Chucky than, than <laughs> Glenn. I would well, Glenn I don't Lee think Ray. the Chucky doll or Glenn doll is getting cuter every goddamn day. Uh, okay, I'll give like you Like your that. Glenn. You uh, uh, but, uh, 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 oh, what was I going to say? Uh, sorry. Um, oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, oh, like Chucky. Oh, oh. Um, she's not watching Alvin, Alvin and the Chipmunks yeah. yet, but we live in an Alvin and Chipmunks household, my family. It is like a warm fireplace that's mm-hmm. always on. It's just kind of this TV that's crackling. The movie or the classic cartoons? Neither. Uh, there's a series from the mid 2010s oh, nice. uh, that's computer generated that's on gotcha. Paramount. I'm shilling for the, it's called Alvin and the Chipmunks. Now my heart goes to the 80s cartoon ones the most. If only because they had actual pop hits from the Billboard charts. The ones in these are one guy wrote like 200 different songs for the 200 episodes. And they're all like his insane, I wrote all of these in three weeks, like versions anyway um just i want to say um what i think is so comforting about alvin and the chipmunks is um it is maybe like the most wholesome piece of entertainment that's ever existed (laughs) but the fact that alvin thinks he's a rebel that's right. He's the cool one. Theodore's the nerd, and Simon's just kind of a klutz, a goof. Is that right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Theodore is just kind of infantile baby. Okay. Like I, Theodore's my favorite because I like yeah. them. He's both. Handy Smurf, man. Yeah, we've talked about. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Simon, um, it's funny. Is like my daughter and my wife's favorite. They like we like Simon the most. And I'm like, yeah, you're. The other person in your family is a Simon here. Let's, uh, I'm walking around looking like a big old Simon, <laughs> which is nice. Wait, I, Simon, which one's the, the nerd? Theodore's the green one in green, who's kind of like the babyish one. Okay, I had it. Yes. Andy Smurf would be more like Simon. 
that's, but not really because Simon's like a I wonk. Mean. Yes, right. You're right. Yes. Yeah, so that's so, what I meant when yeah. my wife, and uh, like, <laughs> which is nice, I guess. If they were like Simon's the worst, and I'm like, yeah. I think I'm Simon. Yeah. So I like that Simon's their favorite. But Alvin is like, I mean, we watch all of the. It's not just that series because, like. <laughs> <laughs> one of the Alvin like chipwrecked movies or something <laughs> like the height of like um, ultimate rebellion for Alvin is <laughs> skating around the cruise ship while Pink's get trouble plays. <laughs> It makes me so How happy, is he not man. In jail? It makes my heart. I know the fact that they didn't just pull the ship over to the nearest <laughs> island and bring in a SWAT team. I'm about to blow your mind. Yes, because I feel like I've mentioned this before, but maybe not. Amanda played one of the chipettes in the Squeakquel movie as the on-set version. Her voice was later taken out for the, you know. Oh, official. but she was the person who the actor was responding, and to? she was talking and would be there on set. And sometimes on camera that they would then. Oh, over. wow. Yeah. Which one do you. Uh, I don't remember. We did. And I was there too about this, but. How could you must have mentioned it, but maybe my world has just been reshaped by Chipmunks recently that that's. So there's hitting no. Hitting me different, but that's cool. No vestige of her in the movie whatsoever, but the essence is there. Her per- yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like how Charles Fleischer was on the set doing all the. Roger Rabbit lines. Oh, yeah. He's in this... No, he... What did I just watch? Oh, I watched Rango. So good. He's in Rango? Yeah. The the lizard movie? It's so good. Have you seen that movie? No, but I heard you're re-watching all of uh, Johnny Depp's movies in support of him. That's what you've been saying to me off mic a lot. Yeah, I've been doing this and I've been writing some blog posts about it. (laughs) I think I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a series of Johnny. First, I'm going to handle Johnny Depp, then Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, you're doing all the. I'm saving Weinstein till the end because that's. It's a lot of movies. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But no, Rango's really good. That's awesome. What did yeah. you like about Rango? It's just, well, first of all, it's not 100% for kids. And I, uh-huh. I know you hear that a lot about a lot of CG uh-huh. movies. I mean that literally. There's like violence, intense. even death. Mm. But not like death with a message, just kind of flippant death. Uh, uh It's also basically a remake of Chinatown done as a spaghetti Western. It's just got a lot of good humor. Oh, it's also a Gore Verbinski film. Well, I was wondering, is that what makes it uh, real fun to watch? I guess it is. uh, It is tough as hell to get me to watch an animated movie for children. Mm -hmm. I, when I watch them, I usually end up liking them. It's mm-hmm. just hard to get me to do it. But with Glenn, we've been putting mm-hmm. on occasionally, we don't watch a lot of TV, but occasionally we'll kind of, oh, we also got a TV in our bedroom for the first time. We've been denying Fun. that forever. And finally you, you have to, we just had to give in that mm-hmm. one of us might need to get away and watch a little TV mm-hmm. or like when I have to watch movies mm-hmm. for this podcast, I yes. need somewhere to go. That brings me to my next point. I, I, I feel like you and I are delaying talking about child's play. And I think that, in all honesty, uh, you know, honestly, I find that adorable because that's more adorable than the new Chucky's face. Uh, he looks like Mac from Mac and Me. <laughs> he does. It thinks its inspiration is E.T., but the real inspiration is Mac and Me. The consumerism, too. <laughs> but it, this made me realize that I have four categories within which I watch a movie. I want to hear the four categories. And they're kind of like 
Venn diagrams or like, you know, how you have like chaotic, good, chaotic, neutral, yes. that kind of thing. So uh-huh. now that we have a TV in our bedroom, I went in to watch Chucky and I, you know, this, I've, I've been honest about this. These, these late stage Chuckies have been a little bit yeah. of a, you know, okay, I got to yeah. do this. But also uh, the funny thing you said, you're like, I got a Chucky to watch. Yeah. 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 So now you got to go in and you're watching the Chucky. So, but I go in and I lie in my bed. I pour a, a grapefruit Rattler, which is like Ooh. beer and grapefruit soda. Yum. Also, I've been making uh, clear ice. Clear ice? Yeah. What's that? I'll tell you. <laughs> Since we're not going to talk about Chucky at all in this episode, I'll tell you. Hey, I got a trove of Chucky thoughts about no, the me new too. Child's me Play too. 2019. Me so too. Don't, don't worry. Keep with us, listener. Keep you us, can but do I, I want to hear what this cues is. Okay. Because uh, I've been getting really into cocktails lately. And you always hear if you want to make clean ice, you got to have distilled water or filtered water. It's the tap water that's got the minerals, the impurities. It's not true. It's not true, Paul. Oh, okay. 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 I learned all this. It's not me knowing any of this. I love the uh, dispelling the tap water is bad myth. because I, I make clear ice with tap water, Paul. Let me put it to you that way. Perfect. Because I drink Los Angeles tap water. So do I. Which sometimes people go... What? How can you, you don't, and I'm like, in what universe mm-hmm. do you think we live in where in Los Angeles County, poisonous <laughs> water is coming out of people's, that does, I know in other world places that can exist, but. Uh, and I'm drinking Pasadena water. I pass muster in Los Angeles that people are drinking tap yeah. water and getting violently ill from no. it being, uh, yes, yes. I'm yes. drinking Pasadena water, which is basically Perrier, flat Perrier. Um, but I, I grew up in Whittier and I, I drank Whittier water, which I don't know if it was the taste of the Dixie cups I was drinking it out of, but I loved the taste of tap water. Plus, where are you people getting your fluoride? Hello. You got to get that fluoride. And where else am I going to get um, the messages to vote Nixon? <laughs> Purity of essence. I don't drop my seed, uh, Colonel Mandrake. Okay. Clear ice. Here's how it works. It's like a lake freezes clear. Why? Because it freezes from the top down, Paul. It's insulated on all the sides and the bottom. So when it freezes from the top down, it pushes the minerals to the bottom. So I bought this True Cubes ice tray that freezes two inch ice cubes and it's got two levels to it and it freezes the water to the lower level where all the impurities go. And then when you take the ice out, it's these crystal clear. Then I bought a custom ice brand where you can make yourself... And you just run it under hot water and you brand the ice for a design. That is so cool. Oh my God. That is so cool. So then what, you put it in the drink? You Then you the, put the ice with the brand design up and your cocktail usually doesn't go above the ice because it's two inches high. Like if you're drinking an old fashioned. That's so cool. I haven't gotten the brand yet, so I'll report back on yeah, that. Yeah, what's the brand going to be? Well, first one I wanted, I'm going to get a few, but the first one I got was, this is this design of this little old man walking away. It was the company that my grandfather worked for during World War II called Deutsch, but we always oh, cool. loved it because he looks exactly like my grandpa. My ah. grandpa worked for that. So anyway, oh, wow. my point is, yesterday I went into the bedroom, I put on over-the-ear headphones, connected to the TV, mm. lied in bed, had a grapefruit rattler with crystal clear eyes. <laughs> And that made me realize I have, I've often talked about how your environment can help the movie and vice versa. And like when, when I was watching Curse of Chucky, 
it was a stressful day. It was hard to sit down. I had a lot to do. I was exhausted. So there's two, four categories. Category top, top, yeah, the top half yes. category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two versions of good movies and two versions of bad movies. I love it. Let's okay? hear it. Yeah. So yeah, from yeah, the yeah. bottom, there's bad movie, bad day, bad movie, good day, hmm. good movie, bad day, good movie, good day. Matt, this is helping me just understand the universe. Yeah. This, that's a really good breakdown of... Yeah. So Curse of Chucky, to me, was bad movie, bad day. Yes. Oh, uh, by the way, when you yeah. said it before, I thought you said cursive... Cursive Chucky. Chucky which I thought if the title was just Chucky in, in cursive, cursive, but the title was, when you went and bought your ticket at the box office, uh, Cursive Chucky. <laughs> yep. I, and I'll take one for Cursive Chucky... One for cursive Chucky <laughs> and one for curious Chucky. <laughs> so the man in the yellow hat with a curious <laughs> Chucky is a beautiful storybook for children. <laughs> but so yes, the four category. I love this. So, yeah. uh, Child's Play 2019, bad movie, good day. I'm in bed with a Rattler. I've got headphones yeah. on. I've, I've got the time. I'm cool. I'm chill. I feel for like every, any critic, film, TV, any kind of art. Yeah. They have to now put this into their reviews, this good day, bad day thing. It does. I think it, it does. does. Yeah. And like, so, for instance, the other night we watched a movie that I had never heard of from 2000 called Under Suspicion with Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman, Monica Bellucci, and Thomas Jane. Wow. It's insane. It's horrible. It's so 2000. It's crazy. It's so funny too, because when I said a reviewer should like say good day, bad day, um, Roger Ebert later took back his review, uh, original negative review for Unforgiven, because he was like, I was about to get married. My oh. mind was somewhere else when I was watching Unforgiven. And when I rewatched it, I thought it was better than when I first saw it. And so you that was an example of you can't fault good movie, we're bad human. day. Yeah, but we're then human. the semi-Unforgiven reunion with Gene Hackman uh, and Morgan Freeman uh, in right. this movie you're watching? Okay, so that movie was, I think, fairly bad. Under Suspicion was fairly bad. But it's Friday night. We've ordered mm. sushi. We're having gins and tonic Ugh. and ice cream. The oh. Glenn, I love her to death, but she's down for she's sleep. We've, we've got so that's nothing bad movie. To tomorrow good day. morning, you can nothing, yeah. nothing right ahead of you. That's bad Beautiful. movie. Good day, and then you know, take your Friday night perfect movie conditions and watching your favorite movie. That's good movie. Good day. Oh, I love how you worked up from the bottom there with the examples, and uh, it does. The question I want to ask is, mm -hmm. then what is, do you think then, with that in mind, it's always then, um, the response then is a mixture of those two parts. Mm, yes. Or is it one does beat out the other? Uh, good can, question. Can a bad movie I've beat out a good this. day? I've thought about this. Does That's... a good movie alleviate, a good day alleviate the bad movie? I've thought about this. It is possible for a great movie to change your day. So you could be watching what you think is good movie, bad day, and it's going to be second tier. But it's so good, it wipes away your concerns. Mm. 
why we go to the movies, why we go to the movies and yeah. makes it a great day. It, it, it takes your day and elevates it. Yeah. Also the reverse is true. You put on a zombie, you're having a good day. It can ruin your you day. You put on a raw zombie? <laughs> or Is it what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It can ruin your day. Yeah. 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 Now I've, I've, your great movie, great days are rarer and they should be because they're special. But yeah. I, I remember a year or so ago, I think it was like six in the morning and I woke up for some reason and Glenn wasn't here yet. I cozied up under a blanket and put on victory. <laughs> and that now the other thing, the great, great, good, bad movies are subjective to you. That's, that's true. That's where your yeah. subjective review mm-hmm. opinion comes in. But that to me, while objectively probably not a great movie is a great movie to me. And it, it started my day off in a great way. And that was a great movie, great day. Oh, great movie, great day. Yeah. And you saying that those, um, those are rare experiences and that's like, uh, uh, you know, that's what makes them yeah. good is, you know, uh, it reminded me, I was listening to, uh, um, there's a really terrific, somebody just put on a camcorder on Robert Zemeckis coming back to, uh, Illinois University Champaign or something like that, a place that he like left and went to USC. Uh, but it, as a kind gesture in the late nineties, after he got contact, yeah. after he won a uh, uh, best director for Forrest Gump and contact had come out, he just comes and does this like two hour Q and a with students. Uh-huh. And I don't know if he maybe knew that a camcorder's on him, but he's not thinking this is going to be put on YouTube right. <laughs> 10 years from now or whatever, <laughs> 20 years from now. Um, but it's chock full of so many really amazing, interesting answers if people want to look it up on YouTube. But the one thing that he said, one of the many things that I thought was cool was somebody asked him uh, what, uh, and this goes to like, you can't have a great movie experience all the time. Mm-hmm. He was talking, somebody was asking him like, what movies do you really like? Um, or what movies have you seen recently that you really love? And he said the thing that he was talking, he's probably like in his early fifties uh-huh. by this point. He was saying what he was clocking now was when he was a young person going to movies, movies were hitting him in big ways, way more frequently. Mm. And that as he got older and started making things, that frequency lessened. Mm. He said, but the thing that is now special is when a movie does come along and it excites you and you love it, then it's all the more special because it's taking you to this place that you knew this frame of mind you love as a kid. And when you're first watching movies, which is like, Oh, I can be totally changed. And then somebody asked, what was the last movie? So this is like 1998. What was the last movie you saw that, uh, he loved? It was it, uh, child's play seat of Chuck. (laughs) He's like, I just came out of the theater of Roddy (laughs) use seat of Chuck. No. Uh, 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 and it's good because, this movie's getting a big reevaluation lately, and this just adds a brick Ooh, give me to the a wall. Hint. Um, it's from the early '90s, made by a wildly successful Oscar-winning director. JFK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, I love JFK, and I think the reason why. 
it it was sort of like even though it was like a huge box office hit at the time um the boomers the establishment they had a lot a lot to guard with that movie <laughs> like they were so against that movie but for like anybody younger who never like knew Kennedy as a president mm-hmm. it's just like this is the most fucking fascinating thing yeah. in the world. If you want to make it like a tawdry, like supercharged, hyper edited MTV video for like three hours, uh, I don't care. That's yeah. awesome. That yeah. rules. Like I could see maybe I would think it was distasteful if I grew up in that time. But I love that movie too. And I even remember coming out of that theater going absolute horseshit. When do I see it again? Yeah. You know, it's just it's the most. Just- uh, it's the biggest intoxicating magic trick yeah. that has really no, no bearing on reality whatsoever, but is so engaging and so fun to watch. It's a good companion. I think they were like separated by a year. It's a good companion with uh, Goodfellas because I oh, think they're yeah. both kind of these movies that like they feel like trailers. Yeah. Like the whole movie feels like a trailer. That's kind of like what's cool about it is just like trying to like get you off. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, a movie that's not trying to get you off. <laughs> Child's Play 2019. Well, let's talk about the, it's fascinating. I don't think I realized um that there was such a divergence here because of Don Mancini. Yes. And they're actively working on the TV series, not I mean, around the same time. Mm-hmm. They're gonna take the answers of the final cult of Chucky and continue it on. Yep. So what a weird fork in the road. How many franchises have kind of done this other than James Bond splitting for a while? And never say never. Yeah. So and how it's yeah. funny how same thing with this child's play. It's a, it's a one movie dead end. It's just a little cul-de-sac that yep. will never be, there'll never be another movie in either of those paths. I mean, I don't say never, but I can't imagine no, a sequel to this. Yeah. And it's a, a similar to what we were saying, um, kind of hinted at the last episode about like, this seems to be the arc of most remakes. They never really get beyond that first yeah. remake. It doesn't build like this new, uh, or, or, well, I was thinking it's funny too. The idea of a remake versus reboot really all comes down to if there's movies that come after it or not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah right. If the, if a movie never came after the mm. remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, was it ever a reboot? It just kind of seems like it. You it did is the just thing a remake. Again. Yeah, but where Bond and Batman were rebooted. Yes. Yeah. This is not because I don't think there will ever be more continuing stories of this Andy and his gang of friends from the neighborhood. Uh, uh, Well, it it makes you think that rebooting is a weird term because it's as if you would reboot your computer and it would power on in a different way each time with a different look and a different like operating system. It's like, yeah, if every time I restart, reboot my computer, Microsoft Word, it usually has like a blue kind of cut. It's purple. Or your Google goes to internet search. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is the control alt delete of uh, (laughs) movies? (laughs) <laughs> where they didn't do a hard reboot. They didn't shut down the computer. They just kind of closed the window and oh, right. restarted the application. Well, that's kind of that's what, what the, this is. The, also, the um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was mm-hmm. a reboot in name only. It wasn't yeah. very different from the original. Well, and let's list the others. The Friday the 13th remake yeah. from 2009 didn't have a sequel. Um, yes, right. 
The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake that kind of kicked off this whole wave of new remakes. But are those tied together, those uh, subsequent? Because isn't one a prequel and is one kind of... That uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2004 or 5. The Jessica Biel one? Yeah, that one's... That's a remake, remake, reboot. Yeah. But does what follows, is it continuing off that or is it yeah so i think that's the only one that had a subsequent remake that has reboot that had a sequel and that one's called the beginning (laughs) so it didn't even like really continue that story then it just kind of returned um prequel to the reboot uh yes preboot we got to get a prequel to the reboot um that's like a hard drive change if we're gonna keep yes let's do it yeah um, it also fits in with this thing that was happening with um, MGM uh, at the time, which is uh, you could also put the Poltergeist remake in there. Mm, the Thing. The Thing remake. Uh, Robocop. That's not actually a horror, but just... Speaking of Child's Play 2019. Yeah, well, it's all remakes of their best genre titles with complete misunderstanding of what is engaging about or compelling about those movies like poltergeist i watched the remake of that and um the home that they move into and live in is so dreary and sad and ready to be spooked out from the very beginning that you see it there's no surprise that this house would be um, uh, malicious have some <laughs> malicious qualities I or whatever because it looks totally fucking imagine. awful. That's what was so great about Poltergeist it was it was your home. Yeah, and I this goes to what I was gonna say a little bit with those zombie movies and with these recent Child's Play. It has to be born from a garden of cozy. Yeah, it can't be like the 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 cold hospital from a, a cult of Chucky that minimalist. Yeah. That's not cozy so i i'm not cozed up in the first yeah, 20 people minutes. don't live in haunted houses unless you're billy eilish and yeah Finn. I what it goes to like documentary but no. their old craftsman house that they grew up in, in, in highland park is basically an old cramped hoarders haunted mansion for real kind of that they then like I mean, cleared stuff like out a, and... a cl- no it's like a classic craftsman that they've all lived in because they, oh. they, they up until recently, or maybe even still, both lived with their parents in Highland Park in a craftsman. And it's just, you know, craftsmen have notoriously small rooms, but they're all wooden built-ins and they look like a house from Sinister. Like what Sinister's yes. trying to be. Right. I don't know. I haven't even seen Sinister, but um, Conjuring 2, that house where uh-huh. it's like wallpaper that's been painted at the corners, you know, to have like a vignetting and all this stuff. It's that <laughs> yes. kind of thing. It's yeah. old school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I hope Billy Eilish uh, is a, a living in a poltergeist craftsman. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to be a new hit overs <laughs> uh, <laughs> some new hit on the radio I suppose uh, that Alvin will be skating around to on a deck of a ship uh, uh, and uh, Robocop I think they that remake I didn't watch it but from what I gathered it sort of drained it of its like Hey, it's funny that this yeah. movie's called RoboCop right. and you're paying a ticket to see a movie called RoboCop. Total recall same. Yeah. All of the um and it reminded me of um 
uh, you know, my wife, Leslie, who is a writer, I remember she took a meeting with somebody at MGM around 2012 or 13, and they said, so this is our approach. We own all of these titles. If you just want to look through this list of movies that we own and a title like inspire something, come back and pitch it. And I remember when she came back and told me that, and she was like, you could do it too. Like, just look at their list of titles and... Okay, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> Here I go. Well, and it was funny because you'd look through the titles and it bears out that clearly this was their yeah. system of making things for that five-year period because that's all the movies they were right. the ones we just listed. But... um I remember looking through the titles and like, I think Heather's was in there. All these movies that are like, sure, the premise and logline is a, could be an interesting movie, but it's sort of like the lightning in the bottle. That's the movie. Vibe yeah. that that movie caught at that specific time yes. it was made and the time that it was released and audiences saw it. And to like, it was the product, not the concept that yes, made these movies. The concept might have lifted it up. It might have like been nice that Heather's was kind of about a, a teen suicide or yeah. Robocop was about a man who was certain. But if those movies had been bad, right. like all of these remakes, yeah. like this Child's Play movie, then it doesn't really matter what the title is. The fact that their business, that their industry wouldn't be, hey, we have these amazing titles that people will plunk down. I mean, the reason they like it is because opening weekend, somebody's just going to go see the new Total Recall movie. Like, so if that's the insurance that you're making uh, of putting out a movie is like the recognizability, then like, why not have like, let a director do their own thing and make their kind of like crazy movie that like at least will have its own vision. I know this is so piecemeal of different parts of like, like I said, half that nostalgia wave craze of the mid 2010s mixed with, uh, um, Whatever was working kind of in those horror movies at the time and plunking them in. This period of, of remaking films reminds me of the 90s of how every TV show was remade as a movie. Good point, Matt. Yeah. You're right. This is just MGM going, we got nothing to lose. And it also reminds me of James Burroughs was on the Conan podcast recently. Oh, really? Cool. And that episode's coming out, I believe, Monday. And he said something that I have always been trying to put into words so mm-hmm. elegantly mm-hmm. having done my small share of working on mm-hmm. TV writing and even podcasts notes from executives. And he would say when the executives would come back with their notes, they would always be imitative instead of innovative. And he said, I'm only receiving innovative notes. Give me a note about something that we could do. That's new that hasn't been seen before. And I'll take it. I'm paraphrasing this cool. as opposed to what's working in the mainstream right now. So that's what drives me crazy about all these movies. They're all just hopping on each other's backs, even down to things that I shouldn't be getting upset about. Like right now, I don't know if you guys have noticed listeners or you, there's a huge trend. Nobody's as far as I know, (laughs) spoken about it publicly, but now on your, your premium TV show, you do not put the opening titles in the first episode. They always appear in the second episode. Why? I'm sure there's some metric or study but I think now people aren't even looking to the metric or study. They're just going, that's what you do. That's what you do. Uh-huh. It drives me crazy. Same with the descending baseline in every trailer or yes. the 
Shredder girl singing a pop song real slow. Yeah. Who made who? Well, and the, the thing that they, uh, the imitators. So fucking classically stupid in the imitation is the misunderstanding that the very thing that made that thing interesting was its innovation. It's crazy. It's the funniest, stupid fucking lesson people learn, which is like, you know, there was just that slew of awful, super bad ripoffs that came after super bad. And like the lesson wasn't, the lesson that wasn't learned was like, Oh, it's just refreshing to hear in a comedy people talking like how I talk and have feelings like how I have feelings with my friends. That was the lesson people should have learned. Instead, it was like, can somebody come in seven cups? (laughs) (laughs) And can eight people drink the, like, it's just the weirdest stuff in the world. I mean, that stuff is great too. You can do that too, but at least also take the lesson of it's nice when two people like have a real conversation. If we jizzed into this copper piping, would everyone in the house have to shower and jizz? (laughs) High four, man. What happened to your thumb? I cut it off so I could jizz faster. I don't know. What? But now we're getting this in really wild territory. In 2022 or whatever, when 2018, around the time Joker and stuff comes out, which and and Stranger Things, which is maybe this isn't weird. From the beginning, it's probably always been how can the imitation feel like an innovation and is a legit innovation because, like, yes, Stranger Things is. It an imitation in of, the way that Raiders of the Lost Ark was of serials yeah. and Star Wars as, was as well. Yeah, so yeah. something happens where there has to be an acknowledgement of imitation that exists. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah, that's that's and a really the, good point. And then the innovation like moves beyond that, and then. Uh, but but what I'm saying is like part of that is time. The Joker, I feel like, was innovative in its construction of different parts but you could also kind of go like yeah oh this is part taxi driver part king of comedy part the master part uh uh, um dc movies yeah and and that's also boarding more on homage or even resurrection as opposed to imitation you know what i mean yeah it just it's maybe when the I don't know. Maybe it's how close the original was to its own copy. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I I am trying to think. Like, so this world of kind of like the ET Goonies group of kids who talk like and act like kids. Yeah. Well, that you could maybe go like that's little rascals, but I'd say as far as it goes, that's a pretty good first edition printed book that you get from the library and then make the copy agreed. off of. Yeah, agreed. Um, so what's weird yeah. about the Child's Play 2019 is like it's the copy of Stranger Things that copied from the maybe the original book that E.T. was. Yeah. But thank God E.T. wasn't then a Xerox of some other movie that came out five years yeah, before that because now this would all be really messy. But You, you can't really copy an homage if if you're doing it a service to call uh, yeah. stranger things an homage even though you'd yeah. probably call it an imitation i think 
it's it's on the border there, but give it the benefit of the doubt. If you're going to copy that, you're kind of like pulling the skin off a snake and just taking yes. the skin. What kind of metaphor is that? No, I like that? that. That's ridiculous. I mean, what I I I, I uh, uh, love uh, the first season of Stranger Things, and I didn't watch it beyond that, not because I didn't have any interest or didn't want to. I just you were uh, too scared. I was too scared, and uh, I ruined all my couches, pissing everywhere out of <laughs> terror. <laughs> so I got to do that again. I, I did it with that's each a pretty good reason. To I stop. did it with each episode of the first season of Strange <laughs> Things. I ruined like I ten moved couches, from cushion to cushion. Uh, 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 but, uh, so, you know, it's not like I hate it, but I did love that first season. I, I did it was, too. Yeah. It was really dope. And the kids were so engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I say that all to say like the one thing that I was just like, huh, was when the kids have, um, the poster of the thing up. Yeah. I was that's like, right. Oh, kind of a yeah unsuccessful movie at its time. Uh, right. they have really good taste. Yes. Uh, that's it, and it being more like you realize the movie the is putting up yeah. that poster. Yeah. The character isn't putting up that poster. That's akin to the same thing as picket signs and children's drawings. Yes, it's like do the, you have the balls to show this how it would really be? That kid would have a Star Wars or an ET poster. Well, uh, and I got that with a Child's Play movie. I don't know if you noticed. Andy has a movie poster up on his wall. <clears throat> Of Poltergeist 3. And Killer Clowns, right? Oh, both MGM titles. And was there also like a fake That have loose, it, like, approximate, could be loosely connected to the themes of, you yeah. know, like a kid and a big skyscraper alone with Poltergeist 3. And then the clowns are like Chucky or yeah. the childlike thing run amok. What were you saying though? Wasn't there like a generic E.T., like uh, the the fingers touching kind of expulsion from Paradise E.T. poster? But it was like some alternate version of it, not E.T. It oh, was, yes. Maybe the posters it. when this new Child's Play came out? Yeah. No. Oh, in in the kids' room in the movie. Oh, I didn't see that. Mm. The um, yeah, the uh, uh, but the ET references, yeah, the glowing finger, the kid's red hoodie, um, the scene where he goes and kind of shows Chucky his like little station in his room and kind of yes. walks him through this he, stuff. He, Chucky learning by watching TV. Yeah, and replicating, and then having this sort of like emotional hookup between the boy. I mean, it's interesting because that was the original idea, remember, for Child's Play. Right. Before they added the voodoo element, yeah. it was this, it was Blood Buddies. Yeah. It's like, Andy hates this person. Chucky goes, okay, I will kill for you. Which now it's interesting that now the remake is the thing that gets it closer to the original premise, but sort of reveals why that's maybe not the best way to go with it. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I sort of started divorcing myself. Like I said, I watched bad movie, good day. So I was more mm -hmm. forgiving of this, but I liked that. I don't think it really works for child's play, but as a concept and you, it's not, it is something you've seen before where people kill. I mean, it goes back to what's the Thomas Beckett movie of like, will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest. And this was actually in history, right? And what is that? The uh, King, I forget which King, but his, Oh, I'm going to get all this wrong. I should know this. My history It's the right hand man. And the King goes, will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest. And his right hand man takes that as, and direct 
like, I'm going to go kill him. Oh. And he brings him the head. And I think the guy's like, hey, I was just, just kind of spitballing. <laughs> kind of rhetorical. Yeah, you know what a rhetorical. I, Boy, I've bastardized that. I think that was a little <laughs> rhetorical. How did you, you're, you're an inbred king? Um, but it's that kind of thing. And that's, I can't mm-hmm. think of examples, but it's like that one twi- modern day Twilight Zone of I'm the thing be beneath someone else's bed but he goes and kills his bullies for him it's a trope we've seen yeah. before but it is effective and yeah I, and I, I, the brood is the version of yeah. that that we like yeah. that is awesome and somehow yes makes it work i think because it's a mystery for a while right like i think if you know from the very beginning that yeah. this person is doing the thing because i mean and and my gripe about wishing just chucky was alive there's just would have been a cool reveal for the last half hour is I like, did keep wondering like, when they stab him and they just stabbed him at the end. And it was like, Oh, you just stabbed sparks. his circuits and sparks. <laughs> like I fucking remember a movie where you'd stab Chucky, you open up and a beating hearts in there. You're like, Oh my <laughs> God, this thing has inside. I fucking remember that movie. <laughs> and maybe I think, you don't, I hear you where maybe there's a part of my brain that just needs to divorce it from the original child's play. And I bet if I had bought a ticket for this in the summer of 2019 and, I would have been able to make that yeah. divorcing. Um, it feels good to know that my derision of this one is coming from, it's helping me identify how much I love those first yes. four Chucky movies. You and I are two sides of the same coin because yeah. the reason I was able to divorce myself from this is because I really did not like these past few movies. Yeah. And that, divorced me from child's play yeah. to the point where I could look at this with slightly yeah. fresher eyes. And then, you know, in a week or two, I'll look back and clearly one, one in four. Yeah. Just be because like stellar ones. when and I say alive, I just mean like having feelings yeah. and having right. reactions to things. This Chucky just never even eventually, he said something like at the end with the car, with the woman, he was like, we're doing this now, bitch. And I was yeah. like, it was the first time where I'm like, he's not repeating something he heard or re airing something he recorded. He's seems to be, but even on the rules of the robot gone amok movie, you do this where eventually mm-hmm. it's how, you know, or eventually the person, the robot is the most human thing. It right. like, never became that. Well, he still kept- just remained this kind of like fucking, uh, thumb drive the whole time. I couldn't understand his, and this is not on me, but it's not on the movie per se. It's on the production where you're hiring Mark Hamill yeah. and he's never going to go to that killer. Joker play, the, his Joker yeah. voice where he goes crazy. He, so you're hiring Mark Hamill just to sound like a child when he does not sound like a child. Why wouldn't you just hire a child that would have been so much more sympathetic and scarier? Scary. Yeah. That would have been cool, dude. If they would have just gone back to like, what if this had a kid's voice. Yeah. Cause it's going to stay in that range the whole time. Weird if at choice. no point does he ever become a killer? I mean, and this is maybe how we can just talk about the beginning, but just like the fact that the origin is just, um, what's that called? A, a disgruntled factory worker. And just Who? abused by this cartoon character of a boss. And then also when he dives out of the window at first, I'm like, okay, did he commit suicide or is that the boss? Did Chucky kill that person? Yes. Who is that person who just fell out? And uh, yeah. And uh, right. The, 
I didn't think about how it is that the person does that because they're pissed off about their job, not because it's like what Charles Lee Ray was, which is like he is the, has the brain of a killer yeah. and he's putting that brain into a doll. This guy's just like, fuck this company. And it seems to be kind of in some sort of commentary mode of like the Foxconn factories that make mm, the yeah. Apple products and right. stuff and, and the suicides that yeah. exist there or, or even in a Amazon sweatshop, like right. the, the conditions there. But like, I don't know. That's where is, is the evil coming from this because of the conditions? There is no evil. That's maybe what you're responding to. Uh, yeah. Thematically it is, but there, all he does is turn off the um, like security. Yeah. So the theoretically this could be done to any robot at any, any Absolutely. of these buddies. And so, Chucky's not evil. Chucky's just learning yeah. misguidedly. He's he's misreading the situation because he doesn't have his like censorship programming. Yeah, right. He doesn't right, have right, his right. iRobot directives yes. or whatever it is, you know. And so he's just watching kids laugh at a horror movie and thinking. Well, then you know, also, there, why there ever install that choice to begin with? That's such a funny thing to be put in a robot. Like, yeah, well, we have the off switch for the not kill. <laughs> Why don't we turn off I the know. not kill switch? It is. That's where, again, I was finding it. Like, there's something there. There's like a, the, like an a sponge, an open mind waiting to absorb all of these things. And it just so happens to get all the wrong influences and misread them. Yeah. There's something cool. there yeah. in, in a story well told, but. This, no. this was not that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I don't know if it's coming from the source of, were those choices put in there because the Tim Matheson, Steve Jobs, whatever character has some sort of like evil bent? I know that they seem like they're heading to that. Also, the name Kaslin is so specific. The whole movie, I'm sitting there going, what's the anagram? What is it going to mean? Same thing I did with Rolo Tumasi in, in uh, LA Confidential. I think I've mentioned that before going, that's just too specific a name. It's got to be an anagram for something. And it wasn't? No, it's not. And neither is Kaslan as far as I can tell. I forgot if it was. But Kaslan. And then making the... um Tim Matheson's goal of making a second buddy that looks nothing like a Chucky doll and looks like everything like and those lame PC game one night at Freddy games that kids play. And the and the 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 like plush Chucky that looks like one of those poor kids that's on a you know, Mori Povich that has a wolfman condition. Yeah. <laughs> the a killer teddy doll. That's not Chucky. That is not Child's Teddy play. Ruxpin as is. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, they they should have just from the beginning made it a Teddy Ruxpin doll and yeah. used the words Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> um, now, uh, before we jump into this Orion logo, should we take a bathroom break? I think we should. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. right there with you. Okay. We'll be right back. With Corley and Ryan. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With Corley and Rust. And we back. And we're back. Now, Matt, yeah. before we went off to the bathroom, I, yes. I teased you. I was like, you know, I watched a movie last night that had the Orion logo at the beginning, and it wasn't the Child's Play remake. <sighs> I'll tell you when we get back on Mike, I said, I said. Uh, Platoon? RoboCop? Okay. Same year as Platoon, uh, the year before RoboCop, 1986. Yeah. Summer of 86, Matt. Oh, I comedy. Oh. I was in the mood for some laughs. One crazy summer. No. I, I don't know. I don't know what's Orion. At well, point. this is a weird <laughs> quiz I'm giving you, Matt. This, <laughs> has gotten, for it. this quiz has gotten stranger and stranger. Uh, well, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, I think I might be going back to school oh, today. Oh, yeah. I watched that recently myself. Yeah. Did you laugh a lot? Oh, I did, sure. I laughed a lot. Yeah. And, um, there, I, you know, I've been going back to this period of movies from that were made for the first two years at the beginning of the, Reagan's second administration. They are the most hopeful, just sweetest movies on earth. With a lot of problematic shit, but yeah. the the centers are always like back to school. The dad goes, "You remember?" He says to Keith Gardner, "He goes, hey, I'm thinking about uh, uh coming back to school. What do you think of that?" And the son goes, "I think you're nuts." And then they <laughs> hug. It's like they love. He loves that his dad's coming oh, back to school. It's the best. You're so right about it being Reagan era, though, because I remember you know he's your hero and he's the one you love. And his whole thesis in this movie is like, get off my back, government yep. authority. Everyone, the the teachers, the thinkers are all the bad guys. I mean, not all of them, but. Pauline Kael, I read her review of Back to School uh, after I watched it. And she talks about how uh, Rodney Dangerfield is like, he's a, a CEO in it. And so his slobbiness is kind of taken down. Like she was acknowledging that when the movie, because she's a big Rodney Dangerfield fan. So she was like, What's this about? Why are they making him a guy who's like a titan of industry? And but uh, the uh, the thing you're saying about um, uh, these are the bad guys yeah. are the eggheaded academics. Yeah. Uh, it fits into really what I've been watching, which is this kind of Harold Ramis's mm. and me and Leslie, my wife, and I. I was I was telling her his choice of villains he's like former hippie i think he died as like a buddhist this is a good like a probably a lefty his whole life yeah. um uh, uh 
I think also he was a nurse in like in mental health facilities, mm. like a guy who had his heart in the right place by all accounts. Uh, like the villain in Ghostbusters is the environmental protection yeah, agency. Yeah. Uh, back to school, which he co-wrote. The bad guys are the academics, the smart people. The bad guy in Caddyshack is a judge. <laughs> yep. And uh, armed and dangerous. I've rewatched uh, two days ago. The bad guys in that <laughs> are work unions. <laughs> yes. Look out. Look out for those unions. They're the bad guys. They're the bad guys. <sighs> but I, I did think a, 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 perhaps even a book, Matt, could be written about Harold Ramis's choice of villains throughout his writing. Because it begins with this Animal House, Caddyshack, um, Ghostbusters, the institutions are the villains. Mm. But by the end, this dude's doing Groundhog Day and Multiplicity, which is all about the self, is the thing you have to get over. Ooh, your very, own. very Buddhist. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, oh, that's also just a cool way to think about how a guy lived his life. He thought those were the bad guys. And then that, by the end, he was like, you know what? How I live day by day and how I try to like be different people. That's like the Ooh, weird shit. Yeah. I've never seen Multiplicity. I need to check that out. I got to get it. It's good. It's like, I don't know. Somebody's lost their like fastball a little bit. Maybe that, see, that could be a remake where the concept fairly yeah. solid. Um, do you ever think, and I'm sure I'm not the first to make this observation, that Cernic, Dangerfield's character from Caddyshack, is the same character going into back to school, basically? Because, I mean, certainly the same character. Yes. No, I I, I, I I, was like watching Caddyshack of like, you. they just changed it. They went back into George Luke, Lucas tweaks and made yeah. it that he ran a big and tall company, uh -huh. tailoring company. I yeah. like that, Matt. That's good. Because yeah. he would be the guy... I mean, the guy who plays uh, any way you want it, that's the way you need it yeah. at the end of... That's what he does right. all through back to school. He's just playing yeah. rock and roll where he shouldn't. And maybe it goes... <laughs> it's the Cernic trilogy is easy money where he's working class. He makes it big into Caddyshack yes. and then back to school. Yes. Easy money is maybe like the Empire Strikes Back of that trilogy because yeah. uh, it's, a, it's the dark chapter yeah. where he's really tested. Yeah. He's got to give up gambling and booze and broads. <laughs> How uh, dare I? I, uh, I uh, um, you know, I fucking, I like loved ladybugs and stuff. Yeah. Even like the subpar Rodney Dangerfield ones just like make me so happy when I watch them. Him and Alvin, my two guys. Oh, yeah. But uh, what I wish, <laughs> it never, I don't want this in a Rodney Dangerfield movie, but it, it would be funny. I'm like, you know, he's just saying like jokes firing him out constantly throughout the whole movie, yeah. any movie he's in that like nobody next to him goes like, who is this guy? You are hilarious, the my man. You are on the level of like a Rodney Dangerfield buddy. Or <laughs> you maniac, get out of our class. I'm trying to learn. Same thing with Bob. I mean, Bill Murray in every eighties movie going, 
Why are people tolerating this insane yeah. person who's always wise ass? Can you keep your remarks to yourself? My parents are paid for me yeah. to go to college right now. <laughs> the the moment in back to school that does not age well, which is, you know, he's looking for his son. He first arrives on campus and he goes into, a, he just walks into a sorority house walks into the bathroom. It's a mistake. He thinks it's a fraternity. I'm getting to that. I understand. My point isn't even how (laughs) misguided this is. That is self-evident. Because he thinks, (laughs) obviously, it's the time, it's the place. Yes. He thinks he's in the the frat house, opens the shower, sees a naked co-ed showering. You know, we're fine so far because he ostensibly slams the shower door shut and is like, so sorry, sorry, sorry. Then he walks away. They see him do a double take. Like, what am I doing? Goes back. And now as horrible as this is, it's still crazy after this day, even Rodney Dangerfield makes it funny because his line is he opens it up again and all he says is, you're perfect. <laughs> Shuts it. Oh, Matt, believe me, the what you just explained was the entire ride I went on when I watched it last night. I was like, this is weird. This is probably, I know this is, you know, and then he opened it. I was like, well, it was all a misunderstanding, really. He closed it when he realized it wasn't her. And then when he opened it up, he went, you're perfect. I laughed out loud. I did too, because there's something so... There's almost, almost, obviously it's harassment and assault, whatever you want to call it. But there's a moment where you could almost take it as this paternal sort of like, <gasps> well, that's what a wonderful example of God's creation. That's what's the beauty, the yeah. genius of the Rodney Dangerfield character is that, is that, uh, uh, like they have him be a guy who could be a real asshole, but he like walks into a room where he's like, Hey, have a pen, have a pen. I'm like, <laughs> Anybody who gives like, out pens yes. in a scene is you love this person. He's somehow so lascivious, but also so asexual and non-threatening that yes, yes. I mean, all it's of his that age. Stuff goes I think him saying, but, the fact that like you can't imagine him getting a boner. You don't no, want to imagine no. him getting a boner. So all of this stuff is yeah. It's probably like the closest uh, we got to like a WC Fields. Of, like, yeah, yeah. This person is the funniest person in the world. He's so goddamn funny. <laughs> um, now, and the full package too, because the way he looks, the way he sounds, and the things he says are—he's a triple threat. Yep. And um, uh, when he's got to do the tender romance yeah. scenes, uh, he brings uh, his own off-screen sort of uh, nervousness yeah. that is very uh, charming, too. And every account of him as a real man was how insecure and, you know... Yeah. Well, he was a coolie with the with the, the, cool, the young kids yeah. because he uh, broke through later in life. Right. So he didn't have this, like, group of peers that he was like, oh, me and Milton Berle are yeah, buddies. Yeah. So he turned to the young kids uh, and like fostered their careers, like Which Jim Carrey and Sam Kinison. Why yeah. he's doing back to the, back to school, back, back yeah. to the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's Marty! Like, those movies are, that whole movie is just made of pieces in the best way possible of yeah. the other good movies. Like the, we'll take the villain from yeah. Karate Kid. We'll take Rocky's, buddy and we'll make him the buddy of Rodney Dangerfield in this. We'll take Sally Kellerman from MASH. The sexiness (laughs) of a Kellerman. (laughs) Uh, So now, uh, okay, let's talk about that Orion logo. Back to school. That's it. Uh, Do you think that Orion logo is right next to the Universal Globe? 
Do you think they're- You mean in quality or- Or just same space. You mean, what do you Where, mean? Where's the belt of Orion in relationship oh, oh. to the Universal Studios globe? Well, I guess it's n- north, north by north east. Am I right? Is there any space studio logos in that, between those two points? Do any, can you think of any other studio logos that would fit in the, the like firmament where you've got earth and you've got stars? Yeah, well, so many are oh, earthbound. Uh, Tri star. Tristar is like in heaven. Isn't it Pegasus? Yeah. So Pegasus is a constellation. Yes. So you've got Orion and Pegasus. Wow, we're really putting this. Are we cute? Oh my God. And interesting that both Tristar and Orion were the only two studios to be born in the 80s. True. Uh, Started from the ground up. Uh, DreamWorks, the moon. Yes. So if you make, if you start a studio, Post-1980, it can't be Earthbound. It's got to be yeah. Celestial, babe. So DreamWorks is between Orion and, and Universal. Y- yes. It's the, the moon. Now, there's probably some like, what are the, oh, MGM's a lion. What else do we got? Paramount's. Just, uh, a mountain in uh, Utah, I think. Okay. Yeah. No, they like the person who. Yeah designed it, looked over it and saw a mountain was like, that's a good thing. So uh, that's on the earth. And the 20th Century Fox logo is in a Culver City. Like you, or you, when it opens, you see the Hollywood sign kind of north, <laughs> east behind it. Okay. I'm going to try my best to extrapolate this, like the opening of the movie Contact. Warner Brothers is up in the sky, but that would be yes. in, in yeah. between earth and it Space. starts with Paramount on the shield of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> Beautiful. Being filmed, let's say, hypothetically at Culver Studios. <laughs> and it goes out to the 20th Century Fox searchlights. Then we go out into the sky above the studio to see the <laughs> yes. Warner Brothers shield floating. As we pan out even further, and we see the little kid fishing in the moon of DreamWorks. Perfect. Then we get to... Pegasus flying through the heavens in low earth orbit as a horse into space and becoming the constellation. And we get further out to see Orion. Did we miss any? Uh, those That was great. Uh, the Columbia God, Pictures lady was somewhere play. in the sky. <laughs> what? The Columbia Pictures lady oh. was somewhere in the sky there. She was standing on a pedestal. So she had to be somewhere. She's Oh, and the lion. Maybe the lion is like, oh, she's fuck. standing on top of the lion. I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. You're on the shield. I mean, the, the gong yeah. of Temple of Doom. And you pan out through this this soundstage door to see Leo walking by led by a centurion, a showgirl and a spaceman. (laughs) Perfect. And as you're coming out, you're going out the main gate of the Culver city 20th century Fox studios where they're holding all their awards in the case, their Oscars and their Emmys. And there's the, the paramount woman as a, as a statue holding the torch. Then you get to the Warner brothers and then you continue out. You did it. Um, so can we make that new line? New line, you go through the editing room and you see that film strip. Film strip falling. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> did you ever hear the Don't Stop or We'll Die version of the New Light Cinema theme? That I don't we ever think did? so. Uh, uh, it's the, the first line is, you know, it goes, Tumbling squares of blue. So, um, now, when this begins, uh, uh, 
Oh, what's your go-to Orion movie? Uh, uh, just to wrap this up, I uh, guess Pl- Platoon, Platoon or RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. Is Robo- RoboCop is RoboCop. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think mine's Three Amigos. Oh, when that O forms, yeah. and you're like, eh. oh yeah. Oh, well, I was doing Raising Arizona there, but but yeah. still, yeah. Well, that that RoboCop reference in this movie is really odd. Yeah, what was that? It's the the little remote or the like electronic cop car saying, mm. um, right? RoboCop's what is his line? Um, Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah. Uh, my friend Adam had a really funny joke um, where Robocop goes, freeze, Robocop. <laughs> like he's an idiot. <laughs> he just says his name at the end of things. <laughs> um, so Tim Matheson, sort of underused, just kind of the, like he never became the Wizard of Oz. He steps out from behind the curtain, you meet the no. guy. He's just. Mm a face yeah um uh and then the vietnam doll factory uh decidedly not voodoo no mm -mm. tech i mean nothing supernatural about this for even a second yeah this is the this is the dark knight and casino royale grounded version reverse camp yes right yeah Yeah. they they even though there's ridiculous things like him manning drones with propellers sharp enough to <laughs> sever Seems body parts. like an oversight for a children's toy. <laughs> to me. But now, then granted, also, I'm the, just I mean, a logical the person. tone of this movie is so squishy, though, because yeah. it does do things where like a scalp gets torn off a guy's head and then it lands on top of a gnome statue. Like yeah, so they're also doing behind like, the scenes on that. Mm. Originally, he was decapitated, and that was something they had to change because of universal the the legalities. They couldn't copy any of the kills from the original franchise, <sighs> and because there had been decapitations, they changed it to a face skinning. And only after the fact was Texas Chainsaw Two added to this and to help was, justify the skinning. No, that was coincidence, according to Brantley Palmer's notes. Oh, okay. So were they always? Watching a movie, it just changed. What they the were movie- always watching Chainsaw Two, but it mm. wasn't until later, I think, that they had to do the the face skin. Interesting thing, or maybe it was vice versa. I don't know, but it wasn't intended to avoid the kill. I, and I guess we kind of jumped over this little tidbit, but yeah, uh, Don Mancini following it up with a Chucky show. MGM owns this title, Child's Play, so that's why this really weird thing happens where they can concurrently um, be developed in development at the same time legally. It's so much like the bond fork in the road where Kevin McClory wrote a movie treatment with Ian Fleming for what would become Thunderball. It never went anywhere. Fleming took it and used it for a novel. Then they made a movie based on that novel. Then Kevin McClory came along and same with, um, Oh, I always forget his name. There was a third guy. And they sued Fleming and said, hey, we created these things. Well, this just happened to be the movie that introduced Blofeld, Spectre, things like that. And so in perpetuity, Kevin McClory had rights to those characters as far as the the story of Thunderball goes. So he could remake Thunderball as much as he wanted. And that's why you got Never Say Never, which is a remake of Thunderball. And he was going to develop a movie called Warhead 
2000 or 3000 with Timothy Dalton. That was going to be another remake of Thunderball. Oh my God. And it wasn't until, uh, whatever, 2000 something that they got that Eon Productions, the official producer of the Bond films, got the rights back to Blofeld and Spectre. And that's how they could make the movies. Oh my God. That's why Blofeld never showed up in later films, except in For Your Eyes Only, never named Blofeld. Oh, that weird dude. The weird dude that they then killed as a fuck you to Kevin McClory (gasps) with including the line, Mr. Bond, I'll buy you a a delicatessen in in stainless steel, which was just a mafia reference to McClory. Like, don't fuck with us. It's so weird. Because he liked stainless steel stuff, or what was the? It was, it was just, just like, like some a f- weird mafia term of like, a, eh, I'm gonna start a delicatessen, and I forget Damn. exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, that's the jam that the Friday Thirteenth movies are in now. Sean Cunningham uh, started a, a cameo or something where it said he mentioned that there was going to be a new Friday Thirteenth movie in 2023. Yeah, that that development's happening. Right? Yeah, but the thing that got figured out legally was that. Um, Victor Miller owns the title Friday the 13th and the idea of a mother avenging the death of her son. But Sean Cunningham, I think, owns Jason, adult Jason. So Victor Miller owns the concept that there was a boy Jason who drowned. But the idea of an adult Jason is somebody else's Sean so Cunningham. who owns the title? Well, uh, I think Victor Miller Wow. As so they would theoretically what we'd see would be like a Jason movie. Just well, that's why Jason. Jason goes to hell. Jason X. That, that's right. That's why they were called that. This so, is crazy. The same way Chucky spun off mm-hmm. and just went to the name. Yeah. So that's what made me think of it. it. Was like, oh, Chucky. Is there a way around that? And then they hold on to the actors. So they got that kind of in there. But with this, wow. yeah. Um, I think it's probably going to be more like a what you were saying, Spectre situation where legally they figure it out so that they can have all things, right? So that they can have... You mean Friday the 13th? Yeah. Yeah, and and all parties will share in it. Yeah. Because ultimately... Yeah, so you could never... You could do a Jason movie, call it Jason, and just never. You could never refer back to the origin story. You could never tell the story of... Yeah, and I don't even know then if it owns the hockey mask and stuff because that's like... It, would, it must be Friday Thirteenth Part Three, and right. that's probably owned by whoever. Well, owns oh, Jason. Yeah, I, don't know, I wonder when we'll hear about. I that. know it's kind of exciting, actually, yeah. uh, and also it's exciting to think about in terms of where it fits in with movies today a little bit because I'm like, it can't really be a legacy thing. It can't be like. It, it can't be Halloween 2018 and it can't be Scream 5. It ha- so yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what choices it makes because I, I, I feel like you can't rely on trends. Well, but remember when Halloween split off into Michael will. with John Travolta? What? <laughs> when Halloween split off into just being the Michael series with John Travolta? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why Michael can keep coming back. He's an angel. We should He's watch the movie Michael with the understanding that it's, it's a continuation of Michael Myers. Oh my God. I was so on the Travolta train. I saw Michael opening weekend. Are you serious? The way you say that, like the tone in your voice sounded like, I was so fucking cool before. No, I was saying it like, I'm so bummed out and sad about this. Cause it was like love Pulp Fiction. 
Opening weekend at Get Shorty, I'm there. Opening weekend at Michael, I'm also there. I just want to go Broken on record that I loved weekend. Michael before everybody thought it was cool. Okay. And Phenomenon, I was there. I couldn't you tell you which is which. Fucking Phenomenon and Michael, I couldn't tell you which is which. Well, Phenomenon, he has TK and Michael, he has Wings A. <laughs> and K-Pax is Kevin Spacey, right? He's yes. an alien. In a reverse star man. Jeff Bridges. Jeez, now a- I have a star man. That's what that movie should have been called. <laughs> there really was a 90s kind of uh, like Messiah mm. feel good movie yeah. phase. Yeah. Similar to when I was watching, um, you know, the aforementioned Switch. <laughs> In the late 80s, early 90s, there was this kind of like afterlife comedy thing that was like, also, I was like, because what, boomers, your parents are dying? Boo. <laughs> it's got me thinking about my mortality. Go, go to hell. And drama, too, because like, what, what, what dreams may come? And City of Angels yeah. and Always and Ghost. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, right. You're right. Now, I did feel like this starts off with some things that are similar to the first movie, kind of like this cold cityscape. Are we in Chicago or is it just vague here? felt vague, but if it had been called Chicago, I think I could have believed that. Maybe, but it seemed almost more Pacific Northwest or like Midwest, uh, higher Midwest. But it seemed to take that idea of the city and then the mom with the son. Those seem to be the big, the only really jumping off points for this. I'm confused though why she she gets a kind of one... She doesn't pay for it. She gets a, another way. But it's funny where she's saying like they're in a new city, like they had to move there, and she moved there just for this retail job that she could get probably anywhere. Yeah, that looks like Goodwill. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix between Walmart, Kmart, and Goodwill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which I guess is also similar to the mom had a job working at a counter, but that seemed to be more chic. Yeah. Especially at the time department store. Yeah. Yeah. And having her be involved in a relationship after they just moved in, those are all weird. Oh, maybe she moved there for him. For that guy. Yeah. And didn't. Yeah. I see. Shane, Shane. Um, now, uh, they have that kind of opening commercial, which is like, explains the new buddy doll and how yeah. it can hook up to different things. And you're right. It seems like an Alexa for kids or for the family. But it, yeah, it's for everything. Cause it's the vacuum. It's the thermostat that can somehow turn your water pipes to 170 degrees or whatever it was. <laughs> oh my God. We'll get to that. Death. But that was like sleepaway camp. I mean, sleepaway camp is much better, but remember when the chef dies yeah, from the pot? Absolutely. Of, no, and, the, the, the goal is you deserve to die because you didn't have to. You yes. You just scooted back. But, and then also in the category of completely unavoidable deaths. Like this guy, if he wanted to- Completely avoidable, you mean? A c- completely avoidable yeah, death. I mean, Sorry. Yeah. Like that guy could have just kind of swung off the pipe and avoided yeah. the blade. Uh-huh. You know, just kind of get your body, like, yeah. you know, when you're- yeah a child and on monkey bars, how you can move. And then the other, in the similar way with the guy on sleepaway camp, yeah. when they pull the chair up, he grabs onto the pot of boiling <laughs> water and brings it down with him. When looking, you could just kind of like fall the other way. But he's a, a chef by such honor code that he's like the captain of a sinking ship of like, I go down with my biggest vessel. 
the pedophile cook from Sleepaway Camp <laughs> I and an otter sister. I may be a shitbag of a human being, but I am a hell of a captain and chef. I have an honor code. Uh, and, uh, uh, but yeah, then it kind of like the contrast between that very well lit commercial to yeah. now, I would say this is maybe Curse of Chucky was darker, but just in terms of cinematography, this is like the one of the darker yeah. child's plays. Yeah. That seems to be the trend, which is so weird considering that digital, they're blacks or shit. Give me the rich blacks of celluloid, baby. The Gordon Willis's. Yeah. So why are we like, you'd think he'd be going the other way mm. if, if things don't look as good in shadow. Mm. Hmm. Um, Something to think about. Hey. And another thing to think about is her getting, having to save money for a new hearing aid. Thing of the past. Thanks, Joe Biden. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Maybe if she has student debt too. All these problems could have been avoided if, <laughs> if she lived in Joe Biden's two, 2022 America. Yeah, or if she hadn't voted for Trump. Uh, I did think this movie did have a patina of, uh, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Of post, uh, like, uh, Me Too. Because the two, there's two deaths in a row of, like, shitbag yeah. guys. Like the guy who cheated on her and then the guy who's um, his wife yeah who's cheating on his wife and then the guy who's like a a voyeur inside the the sleaze bag yeah Yeah. uh right after each other the boyfriend the guy at the store that cheated on his wife oh that she calls him out onto blackmail getting a doll and yeah the the poor man's jack black (laughs) yes and all of these characters are not in the mold of the original babysitter the first child's play where you're like i like her yeah. She's looking after Andy. She's got everybody. She's got the people we care about in her best interests. This just seemed like shit bags get killed. Yeah, which as, made it weird when the neighbor, Brian Tyree Henry's mother, is killed because it's neither done in a way that you feel bad because you're she's a character you love. Like you do feel bad, but it, it wasn't hand it was handled for comedy as opposed and she's not a dirtbag. She's a good person. So it was weird to kill a good person in such a f- sort of glib way. Well, I sort of uh, felt whiplash, so to speak, watching that scene because I was like, wait a minute. I thought we're all on board with Chucky killing people, but this is like awful. Like, we yeah, don't want her to die. And I then know. also, where are the people in this world? These deaths I are know. so like the only paranormal things that happen in this movie are the world that exists in, yeah. which is like a car is skidding around and nobody, it crashes into something. And like two people walking by don't like run over and go like, what, what's, yeah, going it's on? Like what's happening? First week of COVID. <laughs> I did think Quarantine. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, uh, 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 Oh, so with the, um, uh, actors um you know uh, uh, uh i i like the acting in this movie like all the actors like nobody was uh uh shitty it's funny you know um uh aubrey 
Plaza uh, is a friend of mine, is a friend of my wife's. And so I think this is the first time, and you know, Aubrey, I think this is the first time we're maybe in a position of uh, talking about an actor of somebody we know in one of these movies. I know we're dear friends with Craig Wasson. Yeah. But we initially our, asked him to do this as a three-person podcast with us. Yeah, and he said um, he said he was starting a podcast um, about his clothes or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird. He also said he was still just still too close to body double. He could, he, yeah. He's still in the character. He, he can't, can't talk he about can't it. Yeah, out. yeah, it doesn't have the the distance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was, I was just gonna say. So, uh, but with uh, um, even if. Uh, Regardless of knowing uh, Aubrey, uh, if I was just outside and looked at her career, I think she is so cool. Yeah. And of the people you meet who are in a comedy community, other improvisers, sketch people, stand-ups, um... Aubrey really strikes me as somebody who is like a real deal actor who's in this to explore the craft of acting and become um, a finer and finer actor. Especially evident nowadays with her later films. I was actually surprised. Well, in the range of stuff that it would be like, oh, I'm going to do weird indie stuff and then I'll also do this big um mgm reboot of the child's play movie like it seems like somebody who's actually a a real actor yeah uh, well, it's it's very impressive and when i, I was gonna say i was surprised i meant i was surprised to see her in this film even though i knew she was in this film because now i think of her as kind of cultivating rich rich independent yeah. film roles and producing yeah. herself and stuff. So it was kind of strange to see what would have been a natural escalation of her career at yeah. that time. But yeah. I already don't think of her as a child's play actress anymore. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I agree. But yeah, uh, like uh, definitely, you know, it's a, a rare thing to have an actor who you're like excited by what they do next and also what, um, by their choices. And like being like, ooh, I'm excited what they're going to do yeah. just by their choices. Um, so uh, that's all to say uh, her uh, performance is great, even though I didn't like like the movie. And do you get the feeling it wasn't written for her in mind? Because they throw in the line of her being like 16 when she has Andy. Yeah, I guess it's a different way of going about the mother-son dynamic of the story because like the thing that I think is kind of um, cool about Child's Play, it's a little like what Psycho 4 is about too, but oh, it's like no um, idea what that's about. Uh, young Norman Bates and his mom, but just oh. like, uh, or what is suggested by Jason and Jason's mom, which is like the fact that like really intense feelings could come out of like the bond between a mother and a child, specifically if it's a single mom. Yeah. And, and a, kind of like that, like, too. what's that? And a boy. Too, and a boy. Kind of that, yeah. And like the interesting stuff of this movie that they just kind of quickly glided over was that like Oedipal thing yeah. of like, how would a boy feel if his mom was with this guy that you didn't like and had feelings about it that you couldn't quite express in the manner that like a child 
able to, <laughs> and then you're or can't, and then this doll does it instead. But the guy was such a fucking formula of a bad yeah. dude like and he just sort of like walks into scenes as if like where are you what movie are you from where are you coming from <laughs> did he live are there? you walking from a commercial that played before the movie it's just so weird <laughs> uh, uh so when the movie ended with this kind of like damsel in distress i gotta save my mom thing i was like that's backwards this needs to be what the child's play movies yeah. were where the child is in peril right. and the mom cause children are weaker than moms. Duh. Yeah, like let's watch a it, movie where the stronger person has to help the weaker person. It's such a, like a, we're watching Kevin McAllister work to so. Ugh. I'm sorry. No, I'm with you. I, I hope that, you know, people who love child's play, they should be on board with us. Cause it's like, yeah, they took the thing we love and yeah. futzed around with it. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. Nothing. I um, just, I mean, yeah, I just, I just don't really have much to say about the movie. I, I guess I just, did you, what did you think when, um, the kids suggest the name to be Han Solo and he says, Chucky, I know, and that just just the meta Mark joke Hamill, of Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford. The only one of those what? kind of things they pulled in this movie that I found interesting was this is for Tupac, not the setup. But then I wasn't expecting the payoff for that because yeah. it's such a non sequitur. Yeah, stabbing this dad, just going, "This is for Tupac." It reminded me of that funny. really funny scene of being there, where uh, he goes out and he uh, meets those kids. And he's like, you tell so-and-so if you see him. And then next time he sees somebody, he tells, he relays that message. Because oh, yeah. in his world, he thinks everybody knows each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's I thought right. like that was. But yeah. uh, the um, uh, I also like that he kind of doesn't like Chucky at first. And the thing that I thought was the most like true thing was that at first he just keeps Chucky because he doesn't want to hurt his mom's feelings. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, that's true. I can yeah, see that. So yeah. he'd be like, this doll creeps me out, but yeah. I would rather take that than my mom's feelings be to her I when agree. she sees it not played with. Um, the uh, terrible dialogue, like the little boy, these Marvel movie quips. This fucking sub, 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 what was already sub. Who's that dipshit who writes the Buffy show? Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, where the kid looks at the doll acting creepy and he goes, right. Totally not weird oh, at all. I know. I know. Fuck that. Whatever that is, get That's it out of my face stuff. forever. That's the imitative stuff. I don't even That's like the original. I don't either. I don't either. So... What do you think I'll feel about the imitations? It's got that. It's the same cringy feeling as that internet speak we always talk about. That kind of, you know, same old, I'm uh, not mad at it. It's been a minute. Yeah. You know? uh, because and I am here potato. for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the uh, this thing of kind of like the kid didn't want it and sort of like was slowly like, okay, I'll like you. It's just like. Again, if you were looking at the object of the first one and then trying to make opposite choices that are less scary, like having a kid who's lonesome find a true companion in this doll. And now you're like, ooh, whatever this doll does, this kid doesn't want to like 
futz with this friendship that he's found. Yeah. This this kid could care less whatever this Chucky does, this remote control. I know. I uh, liked Brian Tyree Henry, though. The detective. The yeah, detective. Uh, yeah, it was funny because his name was Mike, and they were like, Mike, detective, detective Mike. Uh, yeah. Because uh, uh, Scott Ackerman and Neil Campbell wrote a very funny uh, – <laughs> podcast called Mike Detective. Right, isn't it Ra, uh, who's Rob the, Hubel? Rob Hubel, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy's name is Mike Detective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the mom's character, but you could tell how unexplored that relationship was when at the end when the mom reaches out to the neighbor's hand and they take hands or something on the stretchers. I'm like, did you guys have one scene together? Or was just the two of you talking? It should have been that she takes his hand and his hand kind of like just gently puts it aside. No, like, we're not, not there like, yet. He's not, yeah. <laughs> I don't, this is not LVB. Yeah, that was weird. Also, I mean, the, Aubrey does a great job in this, but we all know the way she plays that character and is that character. She's just not that kind of right. person. I mean, no, I know it's a, trauma but still yeah no and the like uh all the stuff afterwards when they're like becoming friends and stuff like it's just uh the 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 uh misunderstanding of you got mad at the cat for scratching you so i'm going to kill the cat oh what what fear primal fear is that rooted in that this movie is tapping into somebody might misunderstand me. Like I don't Hmm. get when the kid has to be like, I didn't mean you should kill the cat. What's that closest to like a, a golem or something like, or, or a a Frankenstein to his monster. I just don't know what's scary about this. Yeah. It's not, yeah, there's n- you misunderstood there's my command. Sc- there's not a scary second in this movie. Just a, horror movie. a couple it's- gross suspenseful moments, like when he's holding onto the pipe above the buzzsaw and stuff. Yeah, there's and, some suspense and gore. But and when he lamp falls off the ladder and the bones pop out of his legs, those were times where I went, Ugh. it got a reaction out of me, yeah. but but not scary. Not, it's not, not scary. scare or yeah. sus- terror, or, uh, right? Oh, I really like this person, so I'm sad to see them in this situation. Yeah, um, it's harder too because the you take a movie that we really dislike, like Jack Frost. There's still a watchability about it, even though the, that was really trying on our patience mm-hmm. because it's old and it's dated now. So you can, it's easier to laugh at it. This is harder because it's so recent and it purportedly is trying to be good in the moment. So it's, yeah, you have to kind of like, it's, I just, it's so much more enjoyable to watch old bad films than new bad films. Yes, I agree. And I think also if the, the, the package it comes in, because the, the package that Jack Frost came in that at least at the end of the day made me, I was like, it is so funny to me that this doofus who made this movie so wanted a living <laughs> snowman killer snowman movie that he put his own like money time <laughs> energy and it had kind of this like ed wood level yeah. like he's making his own like stunts and special effects to get this because he so wants this yeah. movie to be made the stupid auteur yes this i'm like i don't think their heart is burning no. to be like i have to make this child's play remake it has to be done right um, you can tell because the thing that they're yeah referencing is E.T. and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, um, um, 
Yeah, that's so weird. Uh, but the uh, and then yeah, that this is for Tupac kid stuff. Kind of all comes out of like um, this sort of weird left turn where he befriends these charismatic mop tops kids in the neighborhood. There was one point where it coalesced for me where, cause you think those two are going to be bullies and mean. And when they actually start becoming friends, that's just a, I wouldn't call it a cheap trick. It's just, I always like it. I know. Me too. I am together in yes. movies. And so, well, then when they nice were watching, I like that too. And then when they're, the, the way they're bonding is watching laughing over yeah. funny horror movies. I was like, are these kids Gorley and Russ? Yeah, I know. Uh, the I did. I don't know if this was intentional, but the way Chucky um, went and killed because of a misunderstanding of irony <laughs> with horror movies. Yeah, like because they were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Right. So the first one you probably wouldn't laugh at. They're laughing at that because that was. 1986's horror comedy right. vibe. So it is funny that it's like you could make the argument that Halloween didn't wouldn't have existed right. unless yeah. Michael Myers had watched, quote unquote, yeah. walked into a room where people were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's so funny then the thing that Chucky's walking into is the spoof comedy remake version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre made by Toby Hooper. And where he gets really mixed up is in how the audience is responding to horror comedy. Really, it's so weird. Really, if Chucky is actually trying to be this pleasing little companion, he would have taken Shane, strung him up, and killed him like Leatherface as a show for Andy. Like, yes. Andy's going to laugh and laugh. But there was a moment during this where I'm watching little Chucky watch this movie and seeing them laugh and seeing him just want to please them. It actually kind of got me a little bit. And same with where he's just like, I just want you to like me. I'm killing a cat. I'm killing your evil boyfriend of your mother. Just because I, 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 I do wrong? That is what good, did man. I do wrong? I know it's the oldest trick in the book, but it's No, still. no, no. It's good because I like the, um, in any group of friends. The person who gets kind of like not fully included, but is the one who's going, <laughs> you yeah, guys are the best. Yeah, That's yeah. like what I like about Chucky when he's there. Yeah. They're like, who's this fucking weird looking doll? And he's Never like, cracks a joke, always repeats the punchline of everybody else's <laughs> and laughs. You know. Ooh, I will say in the category of a legit scare, when he was playing the sound of the cat, as he was killing oh, a yeah. replaying oh, yeah. the sound of that. That, yeah. that creeped me out. Yeah, there was some clever use of that kind of thing mm -hmm. in it. Predator style kind of replayed right. the... Yeah. Uh, have you seen Prey yet? Yes. Did yeah. you like Prey yet? I did like it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yet? <laughs> I, yeah. Did you? I haven't seen Prey yet. Oh, yeah. I liked um, it. It was... Well, I'll tell you what. Good movie. Good night. Watched it on a Friday night. Great circumstances. I think I had the order of that wrong. It goes from bottom to top... Bad movie, bad day. Uh, bad movie, good day. Good movie, bad day. Good movie, good day. That's okay. the spectrum of how just it for the record feels good. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then yeah, the the death of Shane um, really is kind of like obvious. Like he walks in and Shane's walking in, buckling up his pants. Hmm. Um, and then this felt like. Most uh, uh, psycho, which is kind of like the son's feelings about the mom being with a man and then having this sort of like 
imitative killer who's really doing the things mm. you want. Yeah, the the dual or the, yeah, the alter surrogate. ego. Yeah. yeah. Um I thought that death with the Christmas lights was wild. I mean it was uh bones breaking out and then the kind of like ridiculousness of the lawnmower and he can't move. That's all fun. Yeah, that was a holdover from when this movie was originally set at Christmas. And then they changed it to Andy's birthday, but they wanted to keep that one kill because they liked the idea of it. But again, I wondered missed, about like, the, that. Where did those why, why a child's play has never happened at full on Christmas is insane. Oh, yes, you're right. And then when they kind of got close to the thing we want to see too, and at the end when they had the big sale, but yeah. like even then it wasn't like a bunch of 15 Chuckies all coming alive in boxes and tearing out and chasing people. Um, can we pee and then we'll do a little uh, round in the base? Uh, yeah. Oh, Home okay. stretch. Yeah. You bet. Be right back. And that's a promise. With Corley and Rust. With Corley and Rust. Okay, home stretch, and then should we rank the Chuckies? Oh, home stretch, then we rank, we rank them Chuckies. Shank the Ruckies. <laughs> Cheat of Sucky. Rarls the Charles. <laughs> Chult of Cucky. Um, now, the, yes, the, 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 the whole kind of business with the head showing up of the severed head of the boyfriend. Yeah. I have a question. Wouldn't that head smell? And leak. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it was weird. It's a whole weird element of this movie is that kind of like dark comedy yeah. thing of the severed head. This this movie definitely had some tonal swings. <laughs> yes. I would say. Um, also, the, the nerdy perv guy, maintenance dude with the sliver surveillance yeah. setup. I don't know how to like put it other than when I was watching the scenes, it seemed like this wouldn't be a guy, a, a person who gets killed in a, an original Chucky in, in an original child's play or the child's play re remake. It's something that more happens in like the third or fourth sequel of a horror movie <laughs> where yeah. it's like a guy who lives in the building, but isn't really associated with any of the main characters it's just to get a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what was the <laughs> oh, a scream when they, they sandwiched Henry Wrinkler getting killed cause they didn't have any kills for a while, but yeah, that's different, but I know what you mean. Um, uh, the, um, and then, yeah, the, his kill, you know, I was like into it with the buzzsaw and stuff, but I, like I said, I think it could have been avoidable. Also, just the knife jabs with digital CGI blood. Yeah. Like, was there CGI blood? It seemed like some of the stuff, like mm. when they would do the stabs and they would have the blood splurt out from the stabs. Maybe like mm. on the floor, it would be like real blood, but like yeah. they didn't want to do cleanup work they probably work as the sparks when chucky got stabbed sure looked very cg well it made me wonder like um i mean these kills were pretty brutal and bloody yeah it had me reflecting i just haven't heard in years a story of a movie where it's like we had to cut this out or it was gonna get a nc-17 or x rating mm. When we were growing up, that those was, stories were yeah. abound. Like every two months, it was like, oh, this movie's going to come out, but they had to get... Robocop. Yeah. Yeah. 
is this just not an issue anymore? I guess we're so desensitized. I don't know. Good question. I mean, I know the MPAA is supposed to reflect what the current culture at the time, what their barometer is. Like that is the idea. Sliding scale. Yeah. So if they're just like, hey, you can see real deaths online Hmm. with the click of your, this is Hmm. not, or there's times where I thought like, it's so funny that Netflix is unregulated like oh i didn't realize that in a way that like the rate like or it's self-regulated and that like somebody at netflix would be like i don't think an erect penis should be getting chopped off we're just gonna have our own line here but nobody maybe it's different now and the mpaa probably has to watch some of their movies because they rate them and they give them ratings theaters they do yeah but um I also think it has something to do with that. Maybe the MPAA just being like, well, there's so many things streaming now. Like, what did I watch? It wasn't um, some HBO series where I was just like, this is gore that if it was in a feature film in the 80s or 90s, this would be a huge problem. Mm. And now it's not. So, yeah, it's just like when I watch these deaths, it's just so crazy to me that... There's a Friday 13th part seven out there with like no blood whatsoever because they had to cut it all out. I know the victims. Yes. Ironically, the true the victims. victims. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Friday the 13th part seven walked. So child's play 2019 could run. <laughs> could run its veins could run. Uh, when you said 2019, it did remind me the posters were cool because it came out the same summer as uh, Toy Story 4. Oh, that's so right. So they were yeah. using all the yeah. imagery from that. So that was I like that because that seemed yeah. to be back in the child's way. That's the spirit. OG spirit. Um, now, I will say this movie does have a collection of ideas that are cool if they were like further explored. Yeah. like. It's just a moment, but the idea that like Chucky's like, oh, Andy's not on my side. Well, I'm going to try to publicly unmask him by like putting yeah. video up on the TV that I've surveilled him. And is uh, that his mom's been talking shit in a vague way? Yeah, yeah. that's good. And then the um, I like the, as far as an idea goes, like his eyes have cameras in them. And if you go into the app, you can kind of be looking through Chucky's yeah. eyes as he's moving around. And even the like, app that everybody has all at once and they can look at that like those are neat ideas it's just like then they didn't reach a conclusion or, or go somewhere eyes being like led screens so yeah that they, would, his eyes turned red at one point but i feel like you could have done more with that you know well if it's like yeah if it's led it's turning red and then yeah if you go down this route of it being alive then like you eventually get to a point where you poke into his eye and you think it's a screen, but then it's like red blood goop. And you're like, yeah. Oh my God, that's, they turn red because that's his biochemicals. It's yeah. not just cause a led light turns on or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Oh, the thing he says to the driverless car killer is all done, bitch. So we got a B word in there. If you were looking for, you like it when. Thanks, Freddie. But I just wished, uh, yeah, I was hoping for the moment where he clicks in and now he's quipping on his own accord. No quipping. No quipping on his own accord. Unequipped. Um, then we go into the Zed Mart kind of. I like that as a set piece, setting that up as a store. But when it was kind of like. 
the comedy played for laughs of like the chunk style kid from the group, like running around. I mean, like, this is crazy. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. You know, we pick moments in all these child's play movies that came after the first where you're like, if you put this up against the first one, how weird it would look. You that was where know. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. Even with Chunk the crowd humor. going in for the big sale, that's when you could feel the budget of this movie. Otherwise, this is a $10 million movie mm -hmm. and I thought looked better. Than yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did But you see that crowd and if you just look at that wide shot... Uh, you can see the crowd ends exactly where the shell began. Like there's yeah. no spilling out. It is, they got every last background actor they could. And that's so funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, right. When the mayhem breaks out, it's, it's fun, but that's not, not again, not to like go back to like, well, the other child's play movies didn't do it, but it just like, there's a reason the child's play movies did make it kind of like an inverted pyramid where it got smaller and smaller and smaller. And, the people we care about most are now trapped in a small confined space with a Chucky when it's just a bunch of people all running around and getting chopped up with yeah. drones that Chucky is running himself. There's really, I can easily go, well, if I was there, I guess I'd just tuck underneath this and wait until somebody pulls the plug on Chucky. There's so many ways that this can be like easily just like, <laughs> yeah, let's wait this out. I'm just realizing the parallels to the mist right now with this, with these drone bugs flying. It around. did get a little misty. Yeah. I think in there, you would make me the, a little, the misty. look. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, that thing of the, I liked when the movie wanted to be the type of movie where a guy dresses up in a Chucky costume and he gets his throat slit by the real Chucky and then he just geysers blood all over a child's face. But I was like, you're not this movie. Nah. You can do that sort of stuff, but you haven't earned the, nah. this level of uh, zaniness. It neither horrified me, but also made me uncomfortable. Like it made me feel bad in the wrong way. I agree. I didn't get to enjoy that moment as this kind of like, oh, this movie is. Uh, 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 see to Chucky, yeah, where it goes th there, you know, yeah. or Bride of Chucky, right. where it's doing this because it's all in the fun of like, let's see how crazy we can go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same with the like, we hate the non essential sacrifices that a character makes, like yeah. when the detective makes that sacrifice, <laughs> like for who, for and what, only to not die. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Then to come back. Reshoot? I wonder if that was a reshoot because it sure seemed like he died. Were these reshoots just because the movie wasn't working and I testing and stuff? So no, exactly. Because um, then when Tim Matheson comes back as like Steve Hedrum, <laughs> Steve Jobs Hedrum, <laughs> and it's like, me, 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 me. It's like, how oh, many times have I seen this? Uh, it is interesting though that like, Right, Child's Play never references really E.T. or Gremlins, if it wanted to, the original 1988. Uh, but it does the joke that it's like, this joke should have happened in the first one, which is Chucky hides himself in a collection of oh, toys yeah, and right. dolls like E.T. did and yeah. Gremlins before him. So when it's happening, it's like, oh, I guess this is happening because it's an E.T. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> they finally got to it. Um yeah, I didn't. There's just so many. This just became a trope fest at the end. Yeah. The, the the girl in the group who 
Well, she's tough like I a know, boy. I know. Now the boys are going to follow the girl because she's tough like a boy. That bullshit, but it's right next to you're having the mom tied up literally in a melodrama rope. Yeah, this movie has the the <laughs> a rope progressiveness of a sort of what I'm assuming I could be wrong is a straight white male. Like uh, I am one. I, no, it's not that inherently Seth bad. Graham Green I'm just saying, guy who, yeah. who did all those movies that were like shit. I'm just saying I miss this <laughs> the the sensibility of Mancini for this franchise even. You know, I didn't love the last two, especially, but there was still some of his, just just his worldview that gave stuff I'd never seen in movies before. Well said. Yeah. Like this has everything I've seen. Yes, the stuff that felt like it was an attempt to be, um, you know, as the people who clutch their pearls say, woke. Yeah, but just it, like it does. Though feel the, that. they seem to come more from a white straight dude sweating to be that as opposed to what we get in the real deal with Don Mancini, which is just like a true outsider yeah. making an outsider movie as opposed to like insiders making an insider. It's been movie. really, uh, what's the word? I, I, it's been tough to watch companies and shows specifically commercials, corporations embrace wokeness the underlying thing is wonderful. It's inclusive, but it's so cynical in the way they're doing it where like sitcoms present this group of people that we, yes, we all agree the world should be every single person represents a different orientation, ethnicity and ability. Yeah. How great a world would that be? But when you see a corporation present it to you and it mirrors none of your real life, which is the real problem, mm -hmm. but when you mm -hmm. see a corporation presented as, look at us, we're this, it's just so cynical yeah. and jarring. And I'm never thinking good thoughts when I see that. I'm always thinking cash in on wokeness and it's just, yeah. a, and I know. And then it becomes complicated because then to speak critically of it then you're put in a camp that's speaking critically in a, in yeah. a different way. And so it's a hard conversation to even have i mean it does come down to a little bit of like the um i think it's not even doesn't have to be an agreement or disagreement it's just how somebody views art which is like do you want art to be a way to look at the shit we're trying to kind of like not look at but art sort of forces yes. you to be like, no, look at it. This well is put. things we're ignoring. It's pandering beyond or, reality. Or is art supposed to be, we look at it and that's what, it's a vision of what we aspire for. And they can be both. I'm just saying one is maybe more interesting than well, the other to, be to different really people. Well. Yes. But they're often not. And it's often I mean, it's what, just, back to school is what I was talking about, mm -hmm. which is a vision of aspiration that when I watch it, <laughs> yeah. it's so not from this planet, but it's packaged in such a way that I enjoy it. Um, it's not a movie about Rodney Dangerfield goes there and he finds out about like the... Um, the malfeasance that is going on at big 10 schools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like getting to the bottom of that. So, you know, I don't know what I want. Yeah. It's just like in TV and commercials, when you see it now, it's checking off a spreadsheet of demographics as opposed to what does the story or the theme need? And like you said, you could yeah. have a version where everybody is a different type and make it 
impactful. Yeah. Well, or, it's also that thing of just, I think the cynical thing that you're talking about is like, you see a credit card commercial and uh, you see a gay couple in the credit card commercial. And I'm like, that's awesome. I want gay couples in that credit card commercial. But I know if they did tests yeah. on this and it showed that this product would not be bought if a gay couple was in their commercial, they want to do it. Yes. They're doing it because they ran tests on this and they know they're at a point now where the it makes it more sellable. So that's yes. just like what I respond to. That's I'm just like, so this has been it. focus grouped. You, you weren't guys want to do yeah. this unless you were completely sure that this is going to be to your corporate benefit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, All right. Tirade done. Tirade done. done. Um, yeah, the, the thing... Uh, <laughs> the last sort of example of let's make a choice that's opposite of the first one and it sucks. The coolest thing at the end of the first one is when Andy goes, this is the end, friend. Because yeah. he like repeats Chucky's words back yeah. out to him. Um, the detective just goes, this is the end. <laughs> Oh, fun. You did a twist on making it nothing now? And also, you've thrown out everything from these prior movies. So why you can't that? have your cake and yeah. eat it too. And then when it ended with this, like, Mark Hamill singing this ironically cheesy kids song that presumably is the jingle for the buddy toy, I was like, I'm not with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is the final. I'm not with you. <laughs> yeah. I hope this was a fun bitch fest. That's what it was, but I had fun. And now we get to talk about the, well, let's rank this for movie. people. I mean, I hope for people, yeah. this was a, what's your best kill for this movie? Um, I guess the Christmas, the shame, Christmas lights, Christmas kill Christmas. Yeah, I guess. I'll go with the cat. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll go Shane too. Okay. But I, I'm not passionate about it. I really, I mean, I don't know anybody who loved the first child's play movie who would love this one more. Maybe I'm curious. Yeah. I wonder if anybody really likes this more than the original. I'm, I'm I don't wouldn't think so. I would think the only people who would like, love this are people who just hadn't seen a child's play movie Maybe. and then went and saw this and was like, Oh, yeah. that was a cool, but even then it doesn't really deliver on the killer robot. Right. Let me recap. We okay. gave child's play the original. We each gave it a 10 out of 13 child's play two. I gave a nine. You gave an 8.5 child's play three. Uh, I gave a 10. You gave an eight bride of Chucky. I gave a 12. You gave it a nine. Um, Seed of Chucky, we both gave sixes. Cursed Chucky, I gave a four. You gave it a 5.5. Cult, I gave it a six. You gave it a seven. Okay. I'm going to give this a seven. Right. I liked it better than the other, the last two, but I didn't love it. And like we said, we might skew these things, but yeah. we'll see. I'm going to say... Uh... Four and a half. 4.5. So this is your um, I think this is curse my, of Chucky for you. This is my basement. I, yeah. Um, 
so should we take a second and rank them? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do we need to press stop or can or do you think you you could do it on the fly? Yeah, I think I could do it on the fly. I think I can too. I'm going to open up my letterbox where I'd already ranked them. Ooh, prior, but I had really added good. That's good. This one. Um I mean, um we can also uh did I uh Oh, we can talk as I'm filling this out. Um we can talk a little bit about the uh, origins of Orion. <laughs> I love you. So United Artists was the place artists went in the 70s. To uh, Tourists went. We forgot about United Artists. That's just oh, in the, that's in the that's other dimension. That's in the black void yeah, of, yeah. Like a black hole, so that's farthest out. Um, the... Uh, uh, um, but before Heaven's Gate happened, the management group of UA left and started their own company, Orion. And the company that was left there, the people there, they made Heaven's Gate. Oh. And so as UA crashed and burned in the early 80s, Orion is where United Artists level type movies were going to be made in the 80s. So that's why I so see. many were Oscar nominees and winners and had... They got a good catalog of movies. They let auteurists uh, do their thing with very little um, notes and meddling. I see. Yeah, so that's why, you know, hey, I love uh, Three Amigos and Back to School. <laughs> no meddling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my list. Okay. don't No rush on your part. But I have my um, five down, so let me... Uh, Da, 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 da. Just a reminder that we've got some exciting times coming up. I think you've been listening, so we don't need to recap. Okay, I'm this. ready. Yeah, okay. Um. All right, so your number eight. My number eight is Child's Play 2019. Okay, my number eight. Oh, my letterbox just did a pop-up ad that is ruining everything. My number eight is Curse of Chucky. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, my number seven is Curse of Chucky. My number seven is Cult of Chucky. Hey, my number six is Cult of Chucky. My number six is Child's Play 2019. Now we're getting into the okay, the good stuff. So that was my eight, seven, six, right? Yeah. So you're number five. My number five, probably the same as mine. Seed, same. Oh my god, buddy. Seed okay, so Chucky. this is where, in a weird kind of, it's like all disparate and then it kind of yeah together we were both like Shink. yeah number five now this is where the rubber meets the road right. i think right. number How four is was it for you because now we can switch it now you do first okay my number four is child's play two child's play three interesting my number three is Child's Play 3. My number three is Child's Play 2. And my number two is Child's Play 1. Uh, we have these little kind yeah. of sliding doors. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Bride of Chucky. My number one is Chide of Brucky. My number one is Child's Play 1988. There you go. Wow, well, we did little couplets, like reverse Yes. Little twin sets. Rhymes. Yes. Um, now, I will say for as an average goes... Out of those eight movies, four strong watch-agains, 
And with mm. C to Chucky thrown in there as the fifth, that could even be a watch again. But yeah. and hey, that's pretty good odds. I'd I'd rewatch Seed of Chucky out of a kind of retroactive curiosity. Mm-hmm. On the whole, this was not the franchise for me. For some, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I liked the first one for what it is. I really enjoyed Bride of Chucky. Those are really, and maybe three is that uh, like that military school oddity was piqued my curiosity. But I, I, yeah, I don't think of of all the franchises, the solid entries in this. But it was the least sustainable for the length of the franchise for mm-hmm. me, it, which is ironic because it continued its story so well. But that's what I ultimately found so draining. Yeah. On the, there was just there was such a golden concept in the beginning, but so little of the marrow left to suck on by the end. I wonder if that's because it's it's. Um the emotional stuff that it has to pull from from the beginning is always going to be light. Yeah. Like Mike Meyer, Michael Myers being a person. You could call him Mike. I Mikey think we Myers. Know him well enough at this point. <laughs> being somebody who killed his sister and then came back to a small town. Or Jason, a mother avenging the death of her child. Nightmare on Elm Street is wild because it's like fantasy, but you can still kind of go, oh, if a group of kids a certain age kind of all got, um, had a trauma and the town was still dealing with that, those are all things you can plug into. I think it maybe is just really hard to kind of like have this strong emotional pull to my doll might be killing people. It's yeah, just, it's, it's just not as repeatable. It's not as refillable for me. And, and so that, that's they, okay. Yeah, yeah, and so they tried to repeat it by adding all the mm. mythos stuff, yeah. I think, to help keep buttressing up this sort of thin premise. And then sometimes that's to its glory, like Bride of Chucky. You're like, oh my God, they're building the myth so much now. He has a wife and they're, <laughs> they want to have a child together and stuff like that's where. And then when you were saying like, you like three and four, I think that run of two, three and four, even though the first is my top fave, that style of sort of whatever that like nineties high style, high expressionism yeah. just like really works for a killer doll movie it, too. So yeah, I think that's, that's also right. where it helps. Yeah. Cause even the first one, I liked it, but ultimately I'm watching a doll kill people. And yeah. so to take it hundred percent seriously, doesn't totally work for me. The way the first movie does it is really good. But mm-hmm. when you're getting in those later movies and they're really trying to take it seriously, it yeah. is just such a disconnect for me. I'm glad we did this series. Um, people wanted us to. Yeah. And it's good that for me, you know, like the 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 lows and all the franchises we covered versus the highs. This is on the lower end for me, mm-hmm. but it makes me appreciate the highs. I still like doing it. Mm-hmm. It makes, like I said, I'm so I haven't been this excited about a new season in a while. This That's good. Ones, so. Yeah, the Zemeckis principle. Yeah, of the of the when a good thing comes, it's better when yeah. you have to wait. Yeah. So we'll be back in. Uh, probably oh, yeah. a couple weeks with a, just a one-off mm-hmm. about choosing our, our movies and yeah. then back in a couple weeks after that with yuppie nightmares for to ring in fall. Yes. Uh, um, 
those ring those fall bells as no one's ever said yes rings <laughs> ring ring those fall bells so if you're hungry for content go to our patreon where there will be the cozy awards coming up the um mailbags and commentaries and such and yeah past episodes yeah yeah um well many chuckies to you and many chuckies to you my friend we'll see you soon bye bye for more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.